Episode 100 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is my longtime co-host, Miguel Garza. Wham! Bam! Zoom! And apparently Warpath. We got 100 Decepticons, Receptor! That's a lot. I know! <laughs> what are we going to do about all these Decepticons? Bam! Bam! Because I kick everybody's ass. The water's going to make them short circuit? So. That's right. All right, we got a plan at least. <laughs> How you doing, Warface? Doing good. How are you? I'm just fine. <laughs> Sorry for the delay, guys. You know, the episode's supposed to come out on Monday, but we're releasing this one on Friday because Miguel was sick over the weekend, and uh, we wanted to be able to bring you the voices that you love so much. Nice. Which you wouldn't get with his uh, sick voice as he had. I sounded like I was a smoker. A little bit. (laughs) So, uh, also, I want to apologize for Heather not being here because, unfortunately, she got sick today, so... I didn't give it to her. No, it wasn't you because you didn't even see her that day. I know. It is what it is. Uh, We're going to make do without her. And uh, hope you guys enjoy episode 100. 100. How'd you like that intro? Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to turn it off when they hear that crap. <laughs> I think it's worth a few laughs at least. I got you. <laughs> well, as we always do, we're going to start this episode by discussing our favorite comics of the week. So, Miguel, what were your top two? Number two, Secret Wars number seven, Jonathan Hickman and Esad Ribic. It was really good. Yeah. Everybody's turning on Doom. And I can't wait to see what happens. The Thors is the most interesting story, though. Yeah, but most of the cool stuff with the Thors actually took place in the Thors book. Yeah. Uh, there's a big civil war going on between them. Um, Ultimate Thor and the 616 Thor that lost his arm. Can't we just all get along? <laughs> they show up and basically show all the other Thors what had happened and how Doom has manipulated everybody and what's been happening to all the Jane Fosters. So the Thors have a big crisis of faith. And some of them switch sides and go against Doom. And the other ones try to uphold Doom's values and there's a big fight that breaks out. And that kind of spills out into the main storyline as well because there's a huge army coming to assault Doom in his castle. Yeah. The the shield is broken. You see the maestro there. Mr. Sinister's there. Uh, freaking fake wannabe merman is there. <laughs> you know, the guy with a little bit of wings on his feet. What the hell's that guy's name? Namor. Uh-huh. Whatever. Basically, every other Secret Wars tie-in uh, is leading up to this book because all the different areas in Battleworld have come together to try to assault Doom now. And they're all making their march towards the castle, and they're all kind of working together. They don't really know who's going to become the new de facto leader once Doom's overthrown, but they're trying to get there to at least take him out first, and you know, he's not even worried. Yeah, and don't forget, Reed is doing his thing with Star-Lord, too, though. Right. I mean, there's a lot of pieces moving at this time. Uh, it's a real good read, real fascinating. I'm kind of liking the direction Secret Wars is going. The thing is, though, with the all-new, all-different books that have already been released, you kind of don't feel like Secret Wars made that much of a difference in the Marvel Universe. Things are kind of back where they were before Secret Wars even began. Just different pieces playing the parts. Yeah, there's there's new characters in the main world, but the main world seems basically the same. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We got two more, right? Is eight, nine? Yeah, there's two more. I'm imagining that the Infinity Gauntlet has something to do with the end, but 
that's just because of everything I've read so far. <laughs> I still think you're getting pretty well. I just wait. I'm excited. I've so, been enjoying it this far, so I, I'm I'm hoping it ends well. Yeah. So, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is actually Batman 46 from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Uh, they introduced a new character a few issues ago called Mister Bloom, and he's this real tall, lanky, weird-looking dude who has a flower for a face. And uh, he has these little seeds that he's distributing kind of like drugs. Eyes without a face. <laughs> that give people temporary powers. They, they enhance them somehow, uh, but it also ends up killing them. It kind of burns out their system. Well, anyways, there's this fundraiser going on to raise money for the Gotham Police Department or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but mm-hmm. he comes into the place. And this is the first time he's had any kind of big public display. And he starts making all these puns. He's like... Hey there, buddy. You look like you got a chip on your shoulder. Let me take care of that for you. And he lops off the guy's head. <laughs> and he's like, the problem with you, Mayor, is you don't have any heart. And he like stabs the guy through the heart with his like elongated finger. It's kind of like uh, the T-1000 in Terminator. It extends like that. <laughs> and Batman tries to fight him. And this is Jim Gordon Batman. And it just gets his ass whooped. I mean. Because his rabbit ears Batman. Come on. Yeah. Well, and he's not even fighting in the suit. He's trying to do it without the suit. Um, if you've been reading Batman, you know that in the last issue he worked out a way to kind of have the suit be a partner for him, kind of be his Robin. Mm-hmm. So he can control it with voice commands. Well, that doesn't really work out for him because he goes to take the fight to Doom. after <laughs> Doom. <laughs> Damn, that's a badass Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to take the fight to Bloom after the assault on the uh, fundraiser or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when he finds Bloom's hideout, uh, it turns out that Bloom has somehow managed to take control of his suit, which is real bad for Gordon. So I don't know how this is going to end. Uh, I'm real excited to read it though, and I've just I've loved their entire run of Batman. It's sad that it's coming to an end soon. Bruce Wayne's going to wake up. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that's what's going to happen before too much longer. The traditional Batman's going to show up and save the day, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, it's pretty badass. I, the rabid Batman is still kind of funny. Though. <laughs> <laughs> this guy making puns is pretty damn funny. Yeah, well, Bloom has a sense of humor, which I like. I mean, some of Batman's villains are very serious, but Bloom at least you know cracks jokes a little bit while he's killing people, and it's. It's not like Joker type jokes. It's it's very different and very unique to him, which I like. They've really kind of in a, just a few short issues fleshed this character out a bit. I'm I'm loving it so far. What was your number one? Well, this number one for me is going to be my number one three weeks in a row. Three okay. different issues. Spider Man twenty ninety nine number three by Peter David and Will Sliney. Peter David can do no wrong. No, he cannot. Oh my god, this book is freaking wild. Miguel just just kicks ass, beats the robot dude like. It was it was intense because the robot guys, hey man, have some coffee. Oh, it was acid. <laughs> yeah, welcome to my tea party. <laughs> I know he's like, and he's getting his ass kicked a little bit, but he hangs in there and he like pulls no punches. Yeah, no, it was it was a real good fight. I mean, that guy like he almost looked like Krang's bodysuit from Ninja Turtles. Like he he was real small in stature at first, and then he stood up and he's about five times bigger than you expected him to be. And he's walking around this big laboratory he has just throwing punches, and Miguel's dodging left and right. You know, pillars are getting exploded and. You know, it's it's not a fair fight at all, but Miguel still somehow manages to defeat the guy. Which anger, baby, anger. Impresses him because he wasn't expecting that. Uh huh. And of course, Peter gives him some crap for killing him. Yeah. Which we don't think Miguel actually killed him. It's kind of up in the air. I mean, Miguel doesn't have the same hangups that Peter has in that regard, so he certainly could have taken the guy out. Yeah, I don't think he did though. I think something else happened. We'll see. There's definitely like some kind of shadow organization that's behind everything mm-hmm. that the cyborg guy was working for. Uh, and Miguel's just now kind of gotten on their trail. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with that. Um, I'm also kind of interested to see what goes on with the whole mom of the fiancé situation. Oh, God. Oh, man. She's she's evil. Yeah. She's alive. And Miguel yeah. doesn't know. And Oops, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> 
the mom doesn't want Miguel to know. She's doing everything she can to keep him from finding out. I, look, I'm going to tell you right now. The way this is going, if this keeps up, Spider-Man 29 is going to wind up winning my Marvel book of the year. Because right now, I mean, seriously, it's been in my top three. It's been my number one for three weeks in a row. That's saying something. Yeah, it was really good. So what was your number one? Uh, my number one was actually a new book, Illuminati number one, from Josh Williamson and Sean Crystal. It uh, should be no surprise that a Josh Williamson book <laughs> is in my top three because I love the way he writes. But Illuminati is all about Titania, at least initially. Um, she's gotten out of prison. She's trying to walk the straight and narrow path. You know, they got a little ankle bracelet on her. They're monitoring her. And they're trying to help her find a job. And it turns out that nobody really wants to hire a supervillain, uh, even if she does claim to be reformed, because there's too much liability and too much chance of things going wrong. Well, she takes some advice from some superheroes and, and goes to work as security at a place. And that doesn't work out so well for her either, because some robbers do actually show up to take the place out, and she has to use her super strength to stop them, which destroys part of the store. And then, of course, superheroes show up. Luke Cage and, I and Iron Fist show up and think that she's the one committing the crime because, you know, she's already a criminal. So they try to fight her, and, you know, they're pretty evenly matched. And she manages to flee with the help of the Hood, who is kind of a master thief who can teleport. Uh, so he takes her back to his headquarters and tells her that he's trying to form this new Illuminati of criminals. And she joins up with them reluctantly at first, but uh, he says that he can make her some money so that she'll never have to worry about doing this kind of shit again. She can just go live on an island somewhere and be away from everybody and all the hassles. Uh, of course, he has ulterior motives because all criminals do. Uh, but I thought it was real fun, you know, real kind of lighthearted and, and comedic at the same time as being action-packed and, and dark. Um, just the things that Josh Williamson writes perfectly. Yeah, it was a great book, man. Jo Josh Williamson also can do no wrong. Yeah. So, you know, he's one of my favorites, too. So Cool. Well, what was your pick of the week? I went old school, man. Old school. Yeah? I took Carnage number one, Jerry Conway and Mike Perkins, man. Well, it's not really old school because it's a, a new book. Yeah, but it's kind of like a... <laughs> It's kind of like, uh, we talked about this, kind of like a reinventing or a retelling of the story or whatever. Yeah, it's very much a retelling of Carnage's origin story. When Cletus Cassidy was first inhabited by the Carnage symbiote, he went on a killing spree and killed a bunch of people in this place. But there was one woman who got away, and he didn't know that she had gotten away. And he finds out in this issue, and it's his sole purpose in life now to track her down and kill her. Uh, so the government is trying to use her as bait. The government really sucks, you mother... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. I'm breaking in the song, 100. 100. 100. <laughs> so the government's trying to use her to lure Carnage there. Yeah. Uh, to try to stop him. They have the new, these new sonic weapons, and they, they've allied themselves with Eddie Brock, who's now wearing the toxin symbiote. So I think it's cool we're seeing all these symbiotes we haven't seen in a while. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with Carnage. I kind of like, like Eddie Brock being a, a retardo, man. Hey, man, it's third down and ten. It's time to go. Fourth and long. Put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Brock was definitely the weakest part of the story to me. Oh. It, it didn't really feel genuine. It didn't feel like old school Eddie Brock. Uh, they've changed him a lot. And I don't know if this is the same Eddie Brock from 616 or if this is a new Eddie Brock from the Battle World yeah. fiasco. It so has to be. It could be. It could definitely be a, an Eddie Brock that had a different origin story and grew up being just a giant douchebag. So nice. We'll have, to, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. But dude, uh, he was not douchey. He was funny. He was Peter Parker esque. Uh, it didn't work for me. Oh, it worked for me. I love Eddie Brock. I do too. But, but that's that's not your mama's Eddie Brock. Oh that's, come on, that's a different Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock better not be with my mama. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Well, speaking of mamas, uh, mine's not going to like the title of this next uh, <laughs> this next book. My pick of the week is actually a book called The Goddamned, which is written by Jason Aaron and drawn by R.M. Guerra. There's no reason to cuss at me in this episode, <laughs> sir. 
But the reason it's called The Goddamned is because it's the story of Cain. How many times can he say it in this episode? I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> it's the story of Cain. Uh, you know, the, the biblical story of Cain and Abel. Cain slays his brother, and God curses him to walk the earth forever, never knowing love. Uh. So he can't die. He's basically an immortal. Um, he wakes up sleeping in this uh, giant shit pool. Basically, <laughs> there's, a, there's a village, and they all poop in this pool, and he drinks himself into a coma and passes out inside this pool. I thought you were going to say he drank the shit pool. Like, what the? Well, he got some in his mouth, for sure. Because oh! <laughs> this little boy starts poking him with a stick to see if he's dead. And then he moves, and he stands up, and he's just covered in you know feces and urine and slime, and it's disgusting. And he's like, where's all my stuff? Somebody stole my stuff. And he goes into this town uh, where there's this group of little bandits, and they try to kill him, but he's unkillable. He's immortal. So he just wipes the floor with these bandits, just kills every single one of them, takes all their clothes, takes all their belongings, and then keeps on trekking. And you don't find out it's Kane until like the very end of the story, but... It's very action-packed, very bloody, uh, very cool. Uh, just a great new title. If you're, if you're into that kind of stuff, you know, dark, religious kind of stuff, I think you'll really enjoy it. I did. I loved it. Um, like I said, you know, the title might put a few people off, but don't let it. Uh, Jason Aaron's a fantastic writer, and very rarely does he write something that, that is not great. You have offended me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So that's, that's it for comics. Oh, cool. Sweet. All right. I know you didn't get to read that one. but No, I didn't get to read it. It sounds like something I want to read. Yeah, I know, I know you'll love it once Piece you get a chance crap. to. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on. Okay. Uh, first things first, we got to shill a little bit. This is episode 100. 100. 100, which means we provided you guys with hours and hours of entertainment, at least 100 hours worth of entertainment. So if you've enjoyed that 100 hours of entertainment. What the hell's my money? Well, I wouldn't say it like that. <laughs> We'd really appreciate it if you wanted to support the show. Um, you know, this the show does cost money. You know, we have to pay for hosting fees. We're constantly trying to upgrade equipment. A lot of blood, sweat, and urine up in here. It's time-consuming, too, for sure. Uh, but we have a Patreon set up. You can go to patreon.com slash comicalpodcast. And what Patreon is, if you don't know, it's basically a site like Kickstarter, where you can choose to pledge a certain amount of money, but it's not a one-time thing. It's like a monthly thing. And there's different tiers. You know, the first one is only a dollar. So if you think our show is worth a dollar a month, which I, I feel like for most people it should be. Okay. You can go there and sign up and just give us a dollar a month. And if 30 people do that, that'll cover most of our costs. Nice. So hopefully you guys enjoy the show enough to think that it's worth that. Uh, you know, you can also do more. You know, more is encouraged. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, you know, considering this is the 100th episode, we would love for you guys to do 100. <laughs> There's not even an option for 100. but No, they can send that directly to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you do want to support us, we really appreciate it. And again, that is patreon.com slash comical podcast. And we did get our first supporter through there already. So Seal Adams. Yes. Doing $4 a month. So thank you very much, Seal. Uh, you're going to get your personalized message from Merman in the mail a few days from now. He is a minion. He is a minion mm -hmm. for sure. So thanks again, Seal. And uh, for all the rest of you, we're giving you guys thanks as soon as you uh, set us up. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, they can also order some shirts, man. And again, we do have merchandise available. You can go to cafepress.com slash comical podcast, buy t-shirts, backpacks, mouse pads, dog shirts, whatever you can think of. We slapped our logo on and it's up there for sale. Nice. And uh, we do have a few new designs coming later this, later this year, hopefully before Christmas. I'm going to get all snappy on you. Definitely going to have a don't get snappy with me shirt. <laughs> uh, and then I have one other design I'm kind of kicking around, uh, but I got to get the art done for it first. So The Aldo? 
No. <laughs> you always do that too, but I don't know who's going to wear that one. <laughs> <laughs> Big old butt cheek with the owl, with the owl sticking out. <laughs> oh, man, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that to Pop Mojo since he is a thermometer enthusiast. There you go. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> I say he's got to put it in. <laughs> he can use that as his, uh, his probing device. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> this episode's off the chain. So anyways, cafepress.com slash comical podcast. That is another way you can support us. Sweet. And again, any support is greatly appreciated. Oh, yes. So let's move on. What do we do to celebrate our 100th episode, man? I don't know, man. What you got planned? Because I know you're going to screw me over somehow. Well, we've already done one thing. Oh, yeah. What was that? We sung? 100. Well, we did that. Okay. We, al- we also went to the uh, tattoo shop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, Saturday... Before you got sick, we ended up going over to Virtue Tattoo in Stafford. I was still sick. You were okay. You were up moving around and talking, and your voice was still okay on Saturday. It wasn't until Sunday when I called you that I couldn't understand what the fuck you were talking about. Well, I was hurting Saturday. I had the fever going Saturday. I had everything else going on. That I was like still wet, burning up, and I was like dying. But yeah, I had a voice. So anyways, we went to Virtue Tattoo in, in uh, Stafford, mm-hmm. and uh, our guys were great. They did a great job. Uh, we posted pictures all over Facebook and Twitter of our tattoos. Uh-huh. As I said before, I was going to get Beast Man, and I did. Mm-hmm. And I love the way it looks. Oh, know, it looks nice. I found a real good portrait to use of Beast Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were going to get Merman. Yeah, I was, but money was not was not not our friend that day. Yeah, well, you called me on the way over there and said that you had changed your mind and you wanted to go with a Batman Harley kind of mashup symbol. Uh, and I wasn't sure what it was going to look like, but it, it came out real well. Well, to be honest with you, when on the way up there, I was started thinking about different tattoos that I would probably get other than Merman. Worried about monetary values because I figured it was going to be a little bit more expensive than we originally thought, mm-hmm. which it did turn out to be. Which, yeah, you know, it was, it was still it was still reasonable. St- I think mine was as much as yours, and it was smaller. Nah, but I love the way mine it's came out. Mexican? No, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it to him, man. <laughs> I love mine. It's got the Batman and the Harley and the CP underneath it. Not for Craig Price. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You put the CP on there, and, and our friend Carrie, who works for Comic Palooza, was like, oh, Comic Palooza. And I was like, come on, man, Comical Podcast, obviously. Uh-huh. And then you posted it up there, and Craig Price, who's another fellow podcaster, said, oh, I feel so honored. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh, so we said we were going to record the whole thing, but we didn't actually end up recording it. Uh, Carrie, who I mentioned before, was there, and he periscoped the whole thing. So a few of our listeners did get to watch it live. Uh, myself included, yeah. which was really, really weird because uh, I'm watching it on my phone while I'm laying there and the guy's tattooing my leg. And, you know, what I'm seeing is about 15 seconds before what's actually happening. Uh-huh. So my brain is saying, okay, you're not getting tattooed right now. And then I get tattooed and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this weird disconnect. And it was such a surreal experience, like watching it happen live, even though it was on a 15 second delay. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, but it was co- it was pretty cool. Um, like I said, the guy did a great job. Uh, it didn't hurt me at all. I kept looking over at you, and you were wincing in pain. Yeah, well, number one, I'm extremely ticklish to begin with. So he made me jump a couple times because it was ticklish. Uh-huh. And then a couple times, the shit hurt. <laughs> like, damn it! Ow! Oh, ah, ah, ah. It seemed like every time I looked over, you were just like clenching your teeth and giving me a look like, why are we doing this? Well, you know, I already have tattoos, so I was already prepared for this. So I knew it shouldn't have hurt. Did I know I was picking one of the sensitive areas? No. <laughs> well, we, got, we got it in the same place. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It just bothered me more, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I asked the guy, you know, does, does fat have anything to do with it? Does muscle, you know, why why is it hurting him more than me? And he was just like, well, that's just because he's a wuss. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> I, again, we know why, because your guy was like, wiping your blood up, wiping your blood up, wiping your My guy was, let's power through this. 30 minutes. I zzz, like he's doing for oil, man. He was like, I'm not pulling up. <laughs> I'm going in. I'm going in. I zzz. 
Yeah. yeah. That's how I felt. Oh, my guy, my guy was sticking it to me. I think he was enjoying that shit, too. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were bleeding like a stuck pig over there. <laughs> yeah, I bleed a lot, apparently. But, you know, it is what it is. Mine didn't hurt at all, really, until the very, very end. Because he did the outline, and then he worked his way inside. Uh, once he got to the middle, and everything around it was just kind of raw and inflamed, that's when it started hurting. But it was only for, like, three or four minutes that I actually felt pain. Before then, it was just like... I don't know, like getting scratched by your cat. That's what they always say it feels like, and that's pretty accurate. Well, when they did the outline of mine, the guy's like, all right, I've done the outline. Holy crap, I thought you'd done more than that. Because <laughs> it felt like you were doing a bunch. Then he's like, okay, okay, I've done half of it. I'm like, huh? Half of the tattoo? No, half of the black. Damn it. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. it. Most of it, it didn't sting. But when he got to the one part that it was sensitive, it did really kind of hurt a little bit. I was like, damn it. And, I, and it made it even worse is I was wearing those pants and that shirt, and so I was sweating my butt off. So it was like, and I didn't feel very good to begin with. So maybe that played a factor in it, too. I don't know. I was already, bleh. Yeah, I guess it could have. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, the other two on my arms didn't hurt at all. This one, actually, I felt it. Carrie yeah. said the same thing because he has one in the same spot. Uh-huh. He said that was the worst one he ever got. It was, like, super painful. But I don't know. I don't have anything to compare it to because that's the only one I've ever gotten. But it really was not bad. Well, we'll see. When you get the next one on your testicles, we'll know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get uh, General Testicles. <laughs> Remember the walrus with the, yeah. <laughs> the big <No>. balls? <laughs> oh my god! I'm not periscoping that. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm really doing that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> but anyways, if you want to check out the pictures, we do have them up on the website. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Definitely a new experience. You I know. love my tattoo. It looks badass. I love mine, too. I'm real happy with it. Uh, the guys at Virtue Tattoo do a great job. So if you're in the area and you're looking for a place to go, I think they were the, voted the best shop in Houston three of the last four years. So you, know, you can't do wrong by them. Yeah, give them some props, man, because number one, that shop was clean. Yeah, it was definitely it was not a nice. hole in the wall. Oh, no, no, no. And they broke out the sweet-ass tables, mm-hmm. and our fat asses didn't break them. Yeah, they pulled out the massage tables, and I was like, hookers! <laughs> you hooker! <laughs> Very nice. You laid on one like one, you're like, oh, let me do my side profile. <laughs> I'm like, Greek God, what do you want? Nice. <laughs> of course, I did that little, watch as the gorilla breaks the table. <laughs> Surprised I didn't. Those, those legs were not super strong. They were kind of flimsy. And it's funny, is, you know how when we send our post out on Facebook, how we get, you can always tell how many likes or how many people have seen it or whatever. Uh-huh. That one had like almost 400 before we even got out the shop. <laughs> I kid you not. It was insane. I was like, oh my God, everybody likes my video. I need to do more of those. More videos of me climbing on shit? Or more videos of you eating. <laughs> oh, man. I should have taken videos of you wincing in pain. Or, uh, that was my plan originally, but it was just the way we were positioned was a little too awkward because we were perpendicular to each other. And yeah. I had to like look over my shoulder to see you, but I couldn't really do that without moving my leg uh-huh. just because of the way the tables were. So I could just glance at you, but I couldn't like hold my phone at an angle to record your face. Could have been worse. You could have been staring at my ass. Could have been facing the other way. Well, that's a bad time anyway. <laughs> no matter what we're doing, that's a bad time. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I love my tattoo, and of course, our good friend Cheryl <laughs> called us a, pretty much called us a bunch of pansy asses because we were like these tattoos, man. I don't know how she does it with all her body tattoos. And well, if you don't know Cheryl, uh, she's uh, Piggy Mouth on on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, she has her own show called A Kick in the Pokeballs, which is on one of our uh, networks, mm-hmm. uh, Nerdbong Network. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a real cool girl. Uh, she has tattoos all over her entire body. I mean, everything except for, I think, her face and her boobs. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she's a tattoo model, so that's what she does. Um, some of hers are very intricate, very cool. Uh, I could never do that, though. Dude, that's a lot of art. I mean, a lot of tattoos, a lot of ink. Dude, that okay, if this hurt us, 
I mean, she's like, oh, this nothing. Yeah, she called it a deep tissue massage. <laughs> she called it silly, silly boys. <laughs> that was her nice way of saying you bunch of pansy ass American <laughs> wuss boys, <laughs> wuss bags. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I like the one I have. I don't know if I'll ever get another one or not, but I, I could never do my entire body like that. I can only imagine what the more sensitive areas do feel like. Probably doesn't bother at all. Probably not. She's a tough girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on. All uh, right. That was, a, that was a good way to celebrate, I think. Definitely yeah. made it memorable. Yeah, and considering this may be our last episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> well, we asked people to write in for a Q&A. Uh, we're also taking comments. You know, people just want to write and tell us how much they enjoy the show or whether they hate us or think we're dickheads or whatever. Whoa. Uh, we didn't really get any of those kinds of emails, luckily. <laughs> All right. Because they don't want us bashing. But we did get a lot of responses. So thanks to everybody that did write in. And uh, we're going to go through these right now. So the first one is from Bill Longa who is Pop Mojo on Instagram and Twitter and all those. Uh, he emailed us and he said, Hey, you guys. First, congratulations on 100 shows. But you should both get a photorealistic Jaden Smith tattoo. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> In reference to Salvo Cano <laughs> on Impractical Jokers. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's not really my cup of tea either. Uh, he says, For my question, what do you think about some of the outstanding comic titles that get lost in the glut of comics that come out every new comic book day? Huh. There are a lot of really good titles that people don't even know about. I know, because we read a bunch of them, and we're kind of like, damn, that's a good week. But, you know, we only mentioned three. Yeah. I think that's really hard to do reviews on every single comic that comes out. There's a lot of great titles like Fuse or Velvet that are always really good. They're consistently good, but they're not quite good enough to be the best of the, the week, usually. And they get lost in the shuffle. You know, people don't even really hear about them very often unless a major name is attached because they're, you know, small indie books. You just got to give it a shot. I mean, honestly, I mean, you just got to look what's coming out and say, go and read the premise like you do on the previews beforehand or take a look at it and see if it's something you may like and then give it a shot. I always tend to look at who's writing the book. And if it's somebody that I know and I like their stuff, I'll definitely pick it up. If it's somebody I know and I don't like their stuff, I'll usually wait until the first trade comes out or I'll talk to people I know and see if it's better than what they typically do. Um, but if it's somebody I've never heard of before, you know, I go out there and I find the previews for it and I read what it's about, see the synopsis. And, you know, maybe if I like the art, I'll pick it up or, or not. It just sort of depends. But I feel like you have to do research. Would you be more easily to pick up a book that was by Marvel or DC versus a, an only press or an image or anything like that? Sure. I mean, uh, Marvel and DC have characters that they always draw from to do their books. And there's a lot of titles like that that are just so-so. Um, if it's a character you enjoy, it's real easy to just say, I enjoy this character and go pick it up. You know, if it's a team or whatever, that too. Or, or a writer or an artist. But I think the harder thing to find is the indie books. You know, Marvel and DC, you're familiar with them. You're familiar with the product they put out. So it's real easy to say, I like such and such about this, this book, so I'm just going to pick this book up. But with an indie book that's talking about, you know, police detectives on Mars or time-traveling, dimension-hopping family that travels around, you know, the multiverse or, or whatever. You know, whatever the, the storyline is, it's not something you're familiar with when you go into it. you got to do a little bit of research and see if it's something that you think is going to appeal to you. So it's definitely easy for titles like that to get lost in the shuffle. Uh, my suggestion is if a title sounds cool, just do the research. If, and then if the premise sounds cool, pick it up. Usually picking up the first book for three bucks is not going to hurt. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, like you said, though, the good thing about it is after you pick up one of these indie books and you read it and you see who the artist or the writer is, and then you see another book come out with one of those two guys again, you're more likely to pick it up. So th those indie books don't get lost as much because you're like, oh, okay, a CO is writing this one or, or Steve Orlando is writing this. I mean, come on, Undertow? And listening to podcasts is a great way to find out about oh, those definitely. kind of books, too, because most of the smaller guys 
are the ones that are willing to come on and do interviews on a show like ours, you know, because they haven't really established themselves yet. And that's how you find out about them. And then you can follow their career once you do check out their work if you like it. Yeah. I mean, and again, you know, like you said earlier, Colin Bunn writes independent stuff too. So it's easy to like, oh, yeah, I got to get this one. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's, he's an established writer. So yeah. Like, well, that's, I mean, I was going both ends of the spectrum. But yeah, I've, that's, that's how I would handle it. Yeah, and uh, Bill's letter continues. He says he's had a rough time finding some issues for some of the small press books, and he'd like to catch up on them, but he usually has, ends up having to wait for trade paperbacks if there's even one out there. Uh, some of the books he uses as an example are like We Can Never Go Home or Josh Vialkov's King, his most recent book. Um, we Can Never Go Home came out from Black Mass Studios, which is a real small press company. A lot of people haven't read it. A lot of people know nothing about it. Fantastic story. It's been oh, in our yeah. top three a few times. Matthew Rosenberg is doing a great job with it. Uh, I know from following him on Facebook and Twitter that the trade's coming out real soon. So with the creators you like, if you don't get a chance to read it, you can always reach out to them. A lot of these guys are very accessible on Facebook and Twitter and social media. You can just reach out to them and say, hey, I want to copy your stuff, but I can't find it anywhere. And they'll tell you where to go. Yeah, some guys are really go to cool. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> some guys are really cool. You PayPal them and they pay them, they'll send the book to you. I mean, it's real easy. But I will say, Bill, if you're – a member of a good comic shop like we are, the Pop Culture Company, those guys will actually literally go out there and get it for you. They will hunt it down for you. They've hunt. I mean, remember, Justin, you were behind a bunch of books. Mm-hmm. They went out and got you pretty much a huge freaking stack yeah. and first run. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're a member of a great comic book place, that, that helps out even more. Yeah, especially if they're willing to do the legwork and go and find what you want if they don't have it themselves in stock. Uh, he goes on to say, um, Damn, Bill! <laughs> <laughs> is the market too saturated by the big two? and the secondary four, Image, Dark Horse, Boom, and Dynamite, for a startup imprint or a truly indie company to reach the readers? I don't think so. I think there's a lot of you know smaller things like uh, Thaniel mm-hmm. is a good example. Thaniel reached a lot of people. I mean, uh, Omar owns his own company, awesome. He started up that imprint to make the book, and then he got it distributed through previews, and people picked it up everywhere. There's some local companies like Overground Comics that have just recently rolled out their books nationwide, and they have really good stories, too. I think it really just depends. I mean, a lot of these small press guys can get to a bigger audience if they really push or if they have people that are already well-established helping to push them. If they don't have that, it can definitely be difficult. There's a lot of projects out there that people try to kickstart that just fail. Um, And then you have success stories like the Blood and Dust guys who started out all on their own, did it all by themselves, got some tips and pointers from some of the bigger guys, went back, revised everything, came back with a crisper, cleaner, better-looking book, and then got picked up by not one of the major companies, but a a big company all the same. And now their books getting distributed nationwide. You can definitely find places where these, these smaller books are getting a foothold. These people are smart. They're willing to also go out and get that established guy. Hey, here's an opportunity. Pitch us something and we'll, you know, we'll do it. So that helps them too. And they're also smart that they'll go on podcasts and do like only press does with us. They'll send us writers or, or artists with their new books come out and say, Hey guys, here's another guy for you. So they'll get with themselves that are established people, and that's how they do it. You know, we're all for the comic people, man. I love picking up comic books. It's like you just go into a whole different world when you're reading it, and then the next minute you're in a different place, and like, damn. Especially with as many as we read. I know. <laughs> we're traveling the world. <laughs> we made so many friends with these people, too. It's like, like geez. <laughs> all right, Bill, continue. So Bill, Bill continues. <laughs> uh, as a segment suggestion, he listens to a few different comic book-based podcasts, and he wouldn't mind hearing about noteworthy trade paperbacks that are coming out. He'd also like to hear about comic titles that are binge-worthy or worth the time to seek out prior issues. Uh, he'd also like to hear about things from the past that would be worth the time to retread. And uh, he goes on to say that he's gotten a lot of great recommendations from us. 
congratulations again, and keep us laughing. Nice. Bitches. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend you go back and pick up the first appearance of Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely not be opposed to doing like a Blast from the Past segment. We've talked about that before. Really, it would just be something that we'd have to get the listeners more involved in, so we'd have to hear what you guys want to have us look at. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if we are in charge of it, it's going to be, hey, this was a great Deadpool run, and hey, this was a great Harley run, and hey, this was a great <laughs> Batman run. Uh, I mean, it's basically going to be Batman, X-Men, Harley, and Deadpool every week. And, <laughs> you know, that, that definitely can get boring fast. Come on, uh, man. We'll take it back. We'll bring out some Spawn. Sure, but we're not necessarily going to know to go back and read Spawn issues 18 through 34 and give a review on that segment of Spawn. But if somebody wants to hear our opinion on that, if they reach out to us, we could certainly do a blast from the past kind of thing. So that's really up to you guys. Uh, if people out there want to hear more of that kind of stuff, more blast from the past stuff, tell us. Yeah, tell hit us early in the week so we have time. Tell us what you'd like us to read. We'll find copies. We'll read it. We'll review it. Great. Add more crap to read. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank Bill. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, we'll make it happen. What else did he say? Oh, trades. He wanted you to... Yeah, you should be able to tell people more trades. We we talk about some of the the new standalone trades that come out, like Virgil, for Mm -hmm. instance, from Steve Orlando. We reviewed that. Um, But a lot of stuff is just collections of comics that have already come out. So if you read the comics, we're definitely not going to pick up the trade. Uh, But if we didn't read the comics, we may or may not pick up the trade, depending on what the title is. You know, we don't read it everything that comes out but we do read a lot <laughs> i guess we could probably maybe in just the comings or goings we could say hey oh and by the way you know like after we do our our pick of the week we're like oh by the way trades that are coming out this week morning glories uh whatever compendium walk of the dead something a quick shout out of what we do read so they know yeah you know? i mean that could be something I mean, we do see the list so that'd be something we could like highlight and just quickly shout out I guess that's true. So anyways, thanks for writing us, Bill. Those were a lot of good questions. Hopefully we answered a few of them. And like I said, we're definitely open to suggestion ideas uh, for segments. So if anybody wants us to do those kind of things, you know, feel free to reach out to us and give us ideas, and we'll pursue them. Yes, we will. Uh, so moving on, the next person that wrote us is Seal Adams, who we mentioned before as our first Patreon donator. Yes! Uh, he has a lot of questions. Oh, geez. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hang on. Let me ask you. When you said we had so many questions, is this considered just like one? <laughs> or did you take him like okay seal asked five questions is this question two three four five or is this like just one uh it's considered one no i mean it's like considered five okay all right, all right. it's all like five questions. okay i'm ready okay i'm just right, curious so seal says uh number one in a no holds barred cage match to the death who would win spider ham or squirrel girl spider ham without a doubt i agree <laughs> gwen sucks yeah <laughs> but uh he says we're both wrong it's gonna be batman <laughs> nice. No, what did you say Gwen for? He said Spider-Ham and Squirrel Girl. Look at you always hate. You, you just throw hate on Spider-Gwen for no reason? Nice. <laughs> Does your hate know no limit? It doesn't. <laughs> no, Squirrel Girl would definitely win that. Oh, uh, hell no. She can call all the different squirrels to attack Spider-Ham. He's just one little guy. He doesn't, he doesn't have the agility that a lot of the other spiders have. Dude, it's in a freaking cage. You can't get in. WWE style. You can't get in the cage. You don't think squirrels can shoot through that cage? Dude. It's made out of chain. They fucking shoot through Thanos' clothes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's chain. Yeah, it's just regular old aluminum metal. They can definitely chew through it. Oh, they broke teeth. Well, they're going to gum ham to death? <laughs> no, they'll keep replacing each other until they do run out of teeth, but eventually they'll get through that, that fence. Okay, Sp- <laughs> Spider-Ham is not, yeah, one of the major spiders, but he's not an idiot. Squirrel Girl is an idiot. No, she's not. She's a moron. 
She would win. She has she has too many allies that that she can control. It's one on one. No help. No body. Mono she can mono. Use any, any ability she has, she would definitely use her abilities to get the squirrels in there. She. <laughs> what if she walks in there wearing her squirrel armor? Does it matter? Yes, we know everything about spiders. Spider Man versions or anything spider. Spider Man always wins. Spider Man always wins. Dude, Spider Man will punk her so bad is ridiculous. I've, I can think of a lot more times that spider characters have lost than I can think of times that Squirrel Girl has lost. Spider Man never loses. Spider Man loses all the time. No, he always comes back and wins. He never really loses. He comes back and wins sometimes. But <laughs> sometimes. Look, dude. He sp- comes back and wins sometimes, but. Dude, Cable already said Spider Man is the greatest hero in the world. We know this already. So yes, because Squirrel Girl wasn't around. Whatever. <laughs> no way. Squirrel Girl, Girl be Galactus by herself. She beat Thanos by herself. Spider Man's never done that. It, you know why? Because the writer wrote it. That's why. <laughs> Squirrel Girl sucks. Spider Gwen would be Squirrel Girl. <laughs> there you go. You're delusional. No, uh, you're you're freaking nuts. <laughs> Anyways, the winner's Batman. Nah, yeah, of course, Batman wins everything. Question number two from Seal. Can you sum up in a haiku your feelings on hitting episode 100? You're the smart one. No, no, I'm asking you first. (laughs) I have no freaking clue. A (laughs) chew. That's your answer? Yeah. uh, I defer to you. Comical podcast is the greatest show on earth. Bitches, keep on listening now. What are you, William Shatner me? (laughs) It's a haiku. (laughs) You're like... Yeah. Five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. That's how haiku works. There's something on the wing. <laughs> <laughs> I did shatter. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Seriously, though, what are our feelings in a nutshell about reaching episode 100? Uh, it's pretty cool. I never thought we'd get here to 100. Well, okay. I never wanted to start it. You never wanted to even start, to be honest with you. But... It's amazing that we're at 100. It really is. I agree. What's really cool about it is the amount of people that we have that listen to us, the amount of people that follow us. Uh, we have a lot of freaking followers on Twitter and Facebook, and numbers are starting to show that now on downloads of, across the board on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. Mm-hmm. And we don't even know what we get from our radio people, but it's like, it's amazing. Am I happy? Yeah. Do I wish we'd be further along? Oh, hell yeah. Am I anxious to see what the next 100 episodes are going to be? Yeah. I really am. I'm curious to see if we don't kill each other before we get there <laughs> or uh, if, you know, hitting 100 is cool, but can we amp it up even more? Can we take it where it's never been? You 100, know, nice. 1,000, 10,000, no, no. a million. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, you have to keep on evolving. Yeah. I mean, you honestly can say from episode one to now, hey, Putin Pop, we've come a long way. <laughs> One of us has. Nice. <laughs> it's numbing a little bit because I really can't believe we're at 100. It's it's hard to believe. It's numb because my leg fucking hurts. That's why. I have this damn tattoo. I definitely feel like I've put in the work for 100 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why are you looking at me like that for? I didn't, I didn't mean anything by it. Uh-huh. But uh, it doesn't feel like it's been that many weeks. You know, we we really haven't missed a week. We took like a nine-day break. Yeah. But there was an episode released in both of those weeks. They just weren't on the same day. So really, we have not missed a week. I mean, we've had issues where I had to go out of town for funerals and sickness here and then sickness with you. And I mean, if you're sick, the show doesn't go on because I can't come in this house. I'm not about to get the plague. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool, man. It's been, been been an amazing ride. I've had tons of fun. I love doing it. And we've made so many friends. Uh, we've met so many other cool people, so many podcasters that now we're like bros with and we just talk to and hang out all the time 
I just there's so many good things that come from it that I never imagined we'd get this much out of it. You know, I always wanted to do it. I always wanted a forum to talk about comics and to talk about the things that we're passionate about. And I always wanted to do it with you because, you know, you and I have the same sense of humor, which, you know, now all the world knows. You know, everybody that's watching or <laughs> Two listening. <sick> bastards. <laughs> but I never really expected it to get this far or to have this much positive response because we really rarely get negative response. I mean, everybody that listens to the show really likes it. And when they're done with this one, we're going to get our negative response. The guys suck at 100. <laughs> <laughs> we might, but this is a kind of a different format show because we're we're trying to get deep into stuff and cool. talk about, you know, why we've gotten as far as we have. And they mailed it in. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm really happy to be here. Nice. <laughs> and this Oscar is for my mom and my dad. <laughs> I want to thank little Dimmy. <laughs> All right. So Seal's next question is, was there an aha moment for either of us where we realized that comical podcast was something special? Bonus points awarded if we answer in the form of a haiku. This guy loves haikus. I know. What the hell? All right. Shatner it, man. <laughs> I can't do haikus. <laughs> I can do Shatner, but I can't do haikus. All right. We'll do it in Shatner voice. That's a good enough at least. <laughs> I think it was the time. When we were going to give low twos <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> That's when it was special for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, the bonus episode. The bonus episode? The bonus episode really kicked it in for me. Okay. I think, even I take that back, maybe even further back. I don't, I don't think it was the time when Lord Horsticles appeared. Uh, I know exactly when it was for me. Okay, when was it? Episode, we may have gone too far. That was the episode where I really felt like we had clicked comedically. I mean, we'd always been funny, and the show up to that point had been good, but I think that's where we crossed the threshold from good to, like, a higher level of comedy. And we maintained it for a really long time. I mean, there's been a few episodes that have been just so-so, and we've had guests on where it's been very interesting, but not necessarily super funny. Uh, but I feel like that was the episode where we elevated our game, where both of us kind of became better as podcasters, where we got way more comfortable speaking in front of the mic and getting up in front of people and, you know, interviewing people. Uh it was right around that time that I feel like we'd both improved and really dedicated ourselves to doing the show. Because before then, it was just kind of a, hey, this is a cool thing we do, but we hadn't really committed to it the way that we have now, you know? I know exactly what you mean. I, but I look at some of these episodes we did back before the blooper, and there was a bunch of good ones, there was a bunch of uh, ones, but I, I, I don't know. It's like after we did a bunch of these with Steve and a few other people, you know, with the... The dead guys, the dead guys, <laughs> the blood and dead, blood and lust guys. <laughs> Jesus, I can't speak now. The Nightshade Comics guys. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think the bonus episode started off for me. But I still think, even though we were good then and we we're good a little bit after that, I think here the last couple of weeks, the last two months, we've been on this roll. I think we. I think about 10 episodes ago, we elevated our game again, uh, which I'm real happy about. I'm, I think we're both just really in tune right now. I think we're putting out good episodes. I think we're having good guests. Uh, we're not trying so hard to do interviews. And I think that maybe is part of the reason that it's gotten more comfortable and more laid back. You know, we like doing the interviews with the writers and artists and stuff. It's just really hard to coordinate apparently in the last part of the year, which is something we learned from the first year we did this. Well, the cool thing is we brought in more local guys too. We brought in a lot of podcasters and a lot of our friends, which, you know, they're our friends already. So all that nervousness or anxiety or whatever about talking to somebody new, not wanting to insult them, not wanting to say something wrong goes out the window because you already know this person. And if you insult them, who fucking cares? Cause it's a friend. <laughs> <laughs> they were a friend. <laughs> so uh, that, that definitely has 
contributed to the show getting funnier and to us reaching that next level. Um, I feel like next year in the beginning of the year, we're going to try really hard to get a bunch of interviews again and try to go, you know, back to doing more creator stuff. Uh, but it just doesn't make sense to do it at the end of the year. Yeah. But again, remember you said we weren't going to be an interview show. <laughs> and then we like interview, 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 episode, interview, interview, episode. <laughs> it was crazy. They all just fell on our lap. Like everybody seems to be willing to do interviews the first half of the year. Uh, while con season's going on, while all the new books are premiering, they all want to come on and talk about their stuff, which is great. But it's also a challenge because you have to work around their schedule and our schedules. We both have very busy lives aside from the podcast. And, you know, setting it up so that everybody can be here at the time they need to be here for the time we need to be able to talk to them doesn't always work out. Um, the latter half of the year, it's almost not even worth trying because everybody's doing so many different things that nobody really has time to set aside to interview with podcasts that they're not already friends with. I think an interview thing also, our interviews got better too because we didn't really like adhere to how other people interview them. We're like off the chain with them and talking crazy crap and just well, we asking ask, whatever. We don't ask the same questions that everybody else does. Yeah. I mean, you listen to other interviews and it's very standard, very formulaic, you know, how, like they want to get into the nitty gritty of like why art school taught you this or like why your specific style looks like this or something. Cause I studied zombies mother. <laughs> Cause I drew corpses. Shut up, man. <laughs> Freaking weirdo. <laughs> but for us, I mean, we just talk about the things that we love that we're passionate about. And I feel like, you know, that's what a lot of creators want to do is talk about that as well. So, and I think after every time we do an interview with these people, whoever it is, I always feel like we're connected with them that we could actually probably go have a beer or something with them afterwards. Oh, That's yeah. why it feels so great. There's only been a few that we've done where there's not that connection, where it's just an interview, just to promote their book. They don't they don't really have any interest in being friends with us beyond that. But the majority of them we've kept in real good touch with. We talk to them on a regular basis. You know, we're always supportive of their projects and they're always supportive of the show. And I love that. I love that we made those connections. Amen, brother. Keep on preaching. <laughs> I got to take a break. All right. <laughs> I'm on break. <laughs> Moving on to the SEAL's next question. Jesus. Uh, you're going to like this one. Uh, so, Justin, you been working on that comic book lately? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> working on that novel? Uh, the truth of the matter is, SEAL and anybody else that might be interested. He uh, gave up. <laughs> I have not given up. I just haven't had much time to work on it. Uh, Heather started a new job. We've been super busy. Um, I have done an outline, and that's pretty much finished. Uh, I've not started writing the stories. I'm still... Still trying to figure out the ending. I've got most of the main story done, but the ending is is really tough. Um, Am I in it? Well, of course. Uh, am I going to die a gruesome death? Of course. All right. <laughs> uh, but I started a new project, actually. Uh, I know I probably shouldn't start something new while I'm still working on something <laughs> old. But in this new project, I have a partner. Uh, if you remember, we had George Tripsis on not that long ago for the Club Kid episode. He's an aspiring filmmaker. You know, He wants to do movies and TV and all that kind of stuff. But he also has a lot of good ideas for stories, and he wants to do a comic book. He's not super familiar with the comic book medium, so he's not really sure how to make dialogue work or how to do panels the way that you know we're used to reading or to make it flow the correct way, I guess, is the way to say it. Uh, so he approached me, told me some of his stories. There's one that we both really latched onto, and we've been throwing ideas back and forth with each other for like the last month and a half. And it's really cool. I'm really excited about it. Um, he and I are outlining it right now. I think I'm going to put my project aside for a little while and work on this because I think his story's better than mine, <laughs> to, be, nice. to be perfectly honest. Uh, and he's really open to ideas and stuff, too. And what we're coming up with is very cool. It's kind of like Goonies meets Cthulhu kind nice. of story. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to be working on that. And I'll give you guys more details as we have more things to put into it. But 
um, that's what I'm doing with the comic books. So very nice. Yeah, I tell you, I start one too, but I can't even write the life of Horsicles. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Hey, man. <laughs> I'm a lover, not a writer. Uh, so his next question <laughs> is: Now that y'all have hit the century mark, what one piece of advice would each of us give to someone considering getting into the podcast game? I'll let you go first, Miguel. Don't do comics because comical podcast clearly has the market on it. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, my advice would be get good equipment. Make sure you try to get your good equipment. Get the best you can get when you start off. Always try to improve that. Uh, if you're going to do a podcast with a friend, make sure your friend is committed to it as much as you are because nothing sucks worse than you always trying to be there and him not being there. That's essential. And if your buddy, whoever you do it with, you guys got to have some, you know, you got to be able to work together. You got to have that that it, that spark. You got to have the chemistry. Definitely. Yeah. Um, find out what you want to do. If it's going to be a niche, keep it in that niche. Don't go outside the box. Don't be all over the place. Have an outline like my buddy here did. Like he drew, he used to draw on this whiteboard over here, which disappeared somewhere around episode 35, <laughs> which is, behind you. <laughs> I think that's when we got comfortable. Yeah. Uh, and kind of follow the format and stick to the format and willing to change. If you get good advice from somebody and always ask anybody else, ask the more established people. If you meet them in cons or whatever, um, get their advice. And if anyone offers you advice, take it. And if you get the opportunity to go on somebody else's show to promote yours, do that. Crossover, whatever. I mean, that's all I'm saying. And just enjoy it. Don't do it if you figure, oh, I'm started. It's going to be blah. I don't want to do this. I'm going to stop. No, no, no. If you want to make it and you want to really be out there, you need to do it out every week. You need to make sure you do it out. and Be reliant. You know, Don't be like flim-flam with it. Yeah. That's my advice. And yours? Uh, I agree with absolutely everything you said. That was actually way more than I expected you to say. But uh, I'm going to reiterate consistency. I think is the most important thing. You know, if you put out an episode that has great sound quality and you know is about an hour long, and that's kind of what you want it to stay at, you need to make it that every single time. You know, you can have special episodes like episode 100 that are longer, obviously, but in general, you want to kind of keep it to a certain consistency, and you want to do it every single week or every single other week, whatever you define as your release schedule. Stick with it because there's too many shows out there that are like, oh, I'll just release an episode whenever I have time, whenever I feel like it. And then they lose listeners like you wouldn't believe. They'll be strong for like a month and then they'll take two months off and then release another episode. And they come back to fucking 12 listeners and they're like, what, what happened to my audience? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so you got to be consistent. It's, it's absolutely the most important thing about podcasting. You know, like Miguel said, don't do it unless it's about something you enjoy, something you love. Don't do it with somebody who's not going to be as committed as you are. And, you know, have fun with it. And I'll say a little bit more there. You hit something I didn't think about. Yeah, you can have your release date. And don't change it every week, like you said. But, you know, if you're consistent and you stay on that release date forever, and it comes to the point like, okay, now I need to change it, listeners will go with you. We made a change. We've been doing it for almost 80-something episodes, and we realized this weekend will work better for us. And we actually asked. I think we wouldn't have done it if people would have had more problems with it, but it actually worked for us, and people responded back, and they were cool with it. I Matter of fact, I think our numbers have improved since we switched. Yeah, I think so too, actually. Mondays seem to work really well for people because they wake up, they want to get their week going pretty strong, have some laughs on the way to work or something, and we're there for them. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it is a little bit later to get your reviews for last week's comics if you want to go and pick them up, but at the same time, it makes our lives a heck of a lot easier because we can record on the weekends, and, you know, it makes interviews easier. Just all around, it makes things easier. So when you pick your release date, Try to pick a day that's going to work for you guys for the foreseeable future. If you have to change it in the future, you know, it's fine. But pick a time that you know you can work around your schedule. Oh, and definitely use the media. Don't let 
your partner give you crap about being a Twitter person, especially when you tweet for the show. <laughs> use your Twitter, use your Facebook, use your Instagram. Find which one's going to work for you and use that one primarily. Um, for us, it's Twitter. We do use Instagram and Facebook, but not Twitter more. Yeah. Um, it seems like every single show, every single independent show, has one form of social media that they prefer to the others. Um, and for us, it's definitely Twitter, but I know people that have had success on Facebook. I think the problem with Facebook is you have to pay for, for ads and to get them to push you. Um, Instagram, it's really hit or miss on whether you can build a following there unless you pay for it. Again, uh, Twitter, however, you can build an audience very organically just by talking to other podcasts and other people that have similar interests. And it's always possible 24 hours a day, no matter where you are, no matter what time it is, to find somebody that has something in common with you or like something that is related to your podcast, and you can try to start a conversation with them. It may not go anywhere, but it seems to us like most of the time it does. You start talking to somebody that uses hashtag comics a lot and uh, tell them you have a show, there's a good chance they're going to check it out. Yeah, one thing about Twitter is, and these other places you mentioned here, we recommend don't buy your listeners or buy your followers. It you cheapens you. It you, cheapens you. you got to build it, yeah. Do it like we did. I mean, sure, we might have messed up a couple of things when we first started. We didn't post it in the right spot or had our name in the right things. But look at us now. I mean, yeah, we may be behind the bell curve or behind the curve on a bunch of things. Other podcasts may have started around the same time with us and maybe have more numbers than us. But they probably paid for their stuff, too, and we did not. Yeah. It's something we can hang our hat on and say, hey, man, we got those 5,400 whatever followers on Twitter. And yeah, we home. worked hard for them. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we got those. You know, we're big in Australia, China, England, Canada. And I, I'm going to give one last piece of advice, okay. especially if you do a show with a co-host. Push each other because there's a lot of things that your co-host is not always going to feel comfortable doing that you know is going to be great for the show. So push them to do it even if they don't feel comfortable with it because you've got to get them out of their comfort zone. Hey, man. Speaking of Twitter specifically, <laughs> Miguel had no interest in social media when we started. He was like, I don't need a Facebook. Nobody needs to know my business. I don't need to talk to people on Twitter. Why the hell would I do that? And I was like, look, I'm going to make you one. you got to do it. You know, it's important for the show. I'm doing all this other stuff. Can you please just get on Twitter and talk? Oh, my God. What did I do? Why are you, bust, why are you busting <laughs> balls now, man? That's what I'm saying. And now he's so proud of the fact that he's tweeted 25,000 tweets in 20 months. <laughs> Dude, there's more months than that. Come on. <laughs> it's only been 20 months. Let's see here real quick. Let's see where the number stands at. Dun, dun, dun. 25,100 tweets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So push each other. It's only going to be for the benefit of the show. Hopefully, those 15 pieces of advice answer your question. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. Well, you know, we care. We want other podcasts to succeed. We're we not, do. We don't hate anybody. We do, definitely. Uh, this is the last question from Seal. Oh, wow. He says, uh, ¿Quién es tu papi? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on which horse you're talking to. <laughs> is that a question directly to Horsicles? Yeah, I, I'd assume so. It depends. I mean, I don't know. We don't know who Lord. I don't, don't know who my dad is. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, according to Chris Ryder, <laughs> the brothers have many fathers. <laughs> that is a question to be answered somewhere along the lines of the Horse Minions comic. I think yeah, we'll have to let Chris answer that. one. I think Ryder will definitely bring an answer. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. All right, <laughs> Swayze, please. Well, this next next question is from my mom. Uh, she writes this and she goes, "Hi, Justin and Miguel. I really enjoy the show." Is there anything I can say or do to stop this whole tattoo business? It sounds like a really stupid idea. <laughs> but we do love you guys. Uh, you said on the podcast to so please write in. Much love. Signed, my mom. Well, uh, okay, I'm not going to get it done now. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love you, Mom, but, uh, you know, I got to do this for the show. <laughs> you got, is that the, the show? <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, it's a huge deal to get 100 episodes. We've got to commemorate that. And, you know, I got Beastman because I love He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, and I always have. You know, it was my favorite show as a kid. I grew up watching it. I've gone back and rewatched the entire series more times than I can even count. And your mom can verify this. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, I used to sit there when I was three years old after school and eat it from a giant box of goldfish and just watch He-Man for hours. I loved it. Uh-huh. Beastman was one of my favorite characters. You know, I grew up. I'm still a He-Man fan. I read the He-Man comics. And then we've, we we ended up voicing the characters on the show, which I don't even know exactly how that happened, but I love it. I'm still going to get Merman. Eventually, I'm going to get Merman. I'm going to put him somewhere, probably on my arm now. <laughs> I don't want more pain. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm already tattooed already, so your mom didn't know that. But uh, she didn't want her baby boy to have any ink on her. I guess <laughs> on him. On, on him. <laughs> You're you a bastard. <laughs> but it looks good, Mom. Uh, <laughs> it does look good. At least you didn't put Beast Mom underneath or something. <laughs> oh, man. Let's not bring that up again. <laughs> but no. Uh, I think, you know, that's pretty cool. No, we're sorry. We already went through it. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I mean, it was something we wanted to do, something to commemorate the event. Nothing but good intentions behind it. It wasn't It wasn't like the thing that happened with tattoos that turned my mom off to him. You know, the road to hell is led by, you know, <laughs> good intentions. You know, with the road paved with good intentions, just so you know. Yeah, I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next one comes from Kerry Gordon, who is our friend uh, and co-host of the Metal Geeks podcast. MSR cast and my co-host on the Adventures in Geekery video show. And he's also Metalcles. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so he writes in, he says, Hi, Comical Podcast. Congratulations on making it to 100 episodes. That is definitely not an easy feat, and you guys do it with style and grace. Okay, maybe not so much grace, but you guys always deliver high-quality and interesting shows, and you guys are super cute as well. For real, though, <laughs> I get almost all of my current comics knowledge from your show, and that is invaluable. Great interviews, funny banter, I've enjoyed all of your guests, even George from Metal Geeks. Only one guest you have been missing so far, me. <laughs> I'll see you in my dreams. Keep it geeky, y'all. Carrie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could have said so many things. <laughs> First, let me start off with this. Thank you very much. That is a huge compliment from him, considering that he's been doing MSR cast. For 10 years. Yes. Yeah. So to get it, a compliment from him is huge to me. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I get all my metal geekness from you, so you and Justin. So I'm still not as metal as you guys are, but I'm trying. I'm more metal than George, I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> shit, my weight on the floor is more metal than George. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, George. I love you. you know <laughs> George's mom. George is cool, man. His mom was a <laughs> – you know what his mom and dad did. <laughs> yeah. No, George is great. He's just not a metalhead. Uh, I hear you. George hates metal. Yeah. <laughs> Hey man, haven't we been trying to book Carrie on this show forever? Yeah, we've had we tried to add him on a few times, but something always seems to come up. So hey, when you're that popular and you're running two podcasts and a and a show now, I mean, you the man. He's busy. He's a very busy guy. So I, I'm sure that at some point in the near future we'll have him on. We just got to figure out a time that it works for everybody's schedule, like we were talking about before. And if you've never really listened to metal, you should go listen to his shows. He's got good co-hosts, and his shows are excellent. And he wouldn't be doing it for ten years if he sucked. Yeah. So I think that's a goal for us. Ten years. Ten years, and maybe keep on going. One hundred. Nice. One thousand. A hundred thousand. One million. <laughs> Bottles of beer on the wall. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. That I song. see. <laughs> so 
So thanks, Carrie. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Carrie. Appreciate that. Uh, the next letter comes from a guy named DJ Never, and it's spelled out in Leet Speak. I'm not really sure how he even found us, but he's a listener. Okay. Uh, he says, could you guys please take some time to explain how the average person who has no idea on how to get something graded, like CGC, could go about doing that? I have a few items I'd like to send in, but I don't know the first thing about how, where, what it costs, etc. Love the show. Thanks. I'll let you take this one. Uh, the easiest way to do it is to check with your local comic shops because most of them, most of the higher-end comic shops have a CGC program, and they usually have a guy on staff that can grade it for you, send it off, get it slabbed, get it back, and get it back in your hands. You can also go to conventions. A lot of conventions bring the CGC guys out there, and they can do verifications for you. They can even do signature series at the con if you want to get a book signed by the writer or artist or whatever and sent off and get that verified. They'll do that for you. Pricing is usually about $40 for the slab. Um, if it's a signature series, sometimes you have to pay for the signature on top of the slabbing. Um, you can also go to the CGC website, and it'll explain the whole process if you want to do it yourself. There's a way to mail your comics in and have them grade them and then just mail them back to you directly without having to go through a third party. Uh, but you run the risk of the mail messing up your books if you do it that way, and then you're liable for it yourself. So I generally, whenever I get something graded, trust my local comic shop or else the people at a convention to do it for me. Um, if you want to take the risk and mail it yourself, all I can say is be very careful when you package your books. You know, Put as much cardboard and, and strong backing stuff in there as you can so there's no damage to your books, and then mail it to the address listed on the CGC website. So that's my advice. Nice. So. I personally don't care to spend that much money. <laughs> it just depends on if it's a book special to you or if it's a really rare book or if it's like, you know, Signed by somebody who's not going to be around much longer. You know, I just wouldn't CGC Invincible Iron Man number one for the hell of it. <laughs> no, yeah. you know, be picky. And if you don't know what CGC is, it's basically uh, they take comics, assign a number grade all the way from zero to ten, where ten is an absolutely mint condition, perfect book. They put it in a uh, polyproline sleeve, and then encase that in a hard plastic case that is almost waterproof, uh, very hard to crack, very hard to damage, and then they mail it back to you. And because they're the, the certification company, whatever grade they assign to your book stands. So if you try to sell it or you try to uh, you know, trade it or whatever, people trust their number as far as grading goes. So they are the best company to do it with. There are a few other ones like PGX and stuff. Uh, but if you're going to go out through the trouble of getting something graded, you may as well go with the gold standard and yeah. go with CGC. So that's my recommendation. Cool. Uh, the next question comes from Eric Lopez, your cousin. Ah. The looker. The looker. <laughs> Uh, he sent us a link to a news article saying that Metallica fans are upset with Justin Bieber for wearing the band's t-shirt on the Ellen DeGeneres show. He would like to know our thoughts on this. Did he help metal by getting other folks to listen to his music to find out what some call real music, or was it him treating metal as a fashion choice? He should take that shirt off before the band breaks up. <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell is Justin Bieber? Justin Bieber doesn't listen to Metallica. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Metallica is pretty mainstream as far as metal goes. You know, it gets played on like hard rock stations. I mean, all across the country, everybody knows Inner Sandman. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. Even if you're, you know, a hip hop fan or whatever, you still heard Inner Sandman at some point in your life. You know the song. You probably have the words memorized because it's so catchy or whatever. It's not a stretch that Justin Bieber probably listens to Metallica. Does it matter in the grand scheme of things? No. <laughs> you know, if, if he walked out there wearing an Amoth shirt or something, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of strange. <laughs> you know, like, I wouldn't expect, you know, the Beebs to like, you know, real heavy shit. But you know his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
you know, Metallica is, is kind of played out anyways. I mean, they're they're very, very mainstream. I was going to say that because I used to love Metallica when Metallica was barely Metallica. You know, people didn't know who the hell they were. Just the real hardcore guys listen to Metallica. I mean, I'm not a metal elitist by any means. I, lo- like, I like Metallica. Their old stuff is, is fucking phenomenal. And some of their newer stuff is listenable. You know, like stuff, Fuel, Refuel, that era, it's fine. Their, their absolute newer stuff kind of sucks. Like, St. Anger was just a turd. <laughs> but Tell us how you really feel. You know, it, it is what it is. They're, they're still a fairly mainstream band at this point in their career. And for somebody, anybody, I mean, I, like Ellen DeGeneres, I wouldn't be surprised if she walked out in a Metallica shirt. Like, it's not a stretch at this, at this time. Yeah. So, I, how do I feel about it? I don't care. It doesn't bother me either. I don't care at all. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Ryder. Writes us. The Baron. And he goes, Miguel, is it true that you were in the film Zoo? And then he sends us a link to the YouTube clip. Have you seen this? No. Okay. We're going to watch this real quick. Okay. It was a great escape. There is kind of a spiritual feeling because you're connecting with another intelligent being. Your friend didn't make it. He was not supposed to be dead. Stop right where you're at. You're being arrested for homicide. People who have sex with animals should face felony convictions. What's the guy thinking? Screwing a horse. We're going to find out. <laughs> well, nobody finds out if you live. These animals don't have the cognitive ability to consent. But how do they know the horse didn't consent? The owner died and the horse was left to fend for itself. You don't know who else out there thinks how you think or feels how you feel. I just said, take me to the horse. Stallions can be very dangerous. Me personally, I don't need a whole lot of human contact. I'd rather just be with our animals. We didn't know what his interaction had been with humans. Was he going to try to mount me? Someone actually stood there and gave me some attention. There was a kind of a rope thing with a small noose, and he said this is where he would work the horse, and I thought, well, what do you mean? It's a very intense, wonderful kind of feeling. And it was just so not real. <laughs> what the fuck was that, man? <laughs> so Ryder, Ryder wants to know if you were in that movie. Hell no. Was that actually a real freaking movie or was that somebody made that shit? No, it's a real movie. Who the fuck made that movie? Uh, some guy who wanted to do a movie about a guy who had sex with a horse. That is messed up, man. <laughs> well, who's right to think I am? The guy or the horse? <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not in that movie. That was not made about me. <laughs> that is messed up, man. <laughs> oh, it looks like the entire movie's on YouTube. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'll send you the link. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's messed up, man. <laughs> All right. Looks like a horse to sleaze movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's move on. Uh, Twitter. We'll move on to the Twitter questions. Okay. Uh, International Podcast Day, which is INTL Podcast Day on Twitter, said, Yahoo! 100th episode milestone. Congratulations and great job, guys. So, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. So, just a comment. Very nice. Nick whose handle is at package man for real <laughs> says, do you upgrade to hardcover books that look nicer on the shelf from traditional graphic novels and books? And what do you do with your original books afterwards? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm more of a uh, floppy 
collector, if you will. <laughs> You're <I don't>, floppy. <laughs> I like uh, standard comics. You know, I pick them up weekly, so I'm not really much of a trade collector. Uh, occasionally, if there's a story I miss or somebody tells me something's really good that I haven't read before, I'll just pick up whatever version is cheaper. But I, I don't have like a nice bookshelf that has all my books still on display or anything, so I don't really go out there and try to find nice hardcover copies. And I'm all about the individual ones. I don't really buy a lot of trades. You know, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, and then he asks us one more question where he says, have we gotten the podcast to where we want it to be and where would we like it to go next? No, I don't think we got where we wanted to be. You know, my dream, my dream is to be an international superstar. <laughs> superstar. In Zoo 2? No. <laughs> suck. You can play the horse in Zoo 2. I'll be the dude. <laughs> I don't want to be either of those characters. <laughs> You are the catcher. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, I think where we're at right now, we're okay. But every year we make the, we look at each other and we make the goal that we want to be further along than we are. I, I think if you ever become satisfied with anything you're building yourself, then you stop having the passion for it and you stop having the drive to make it better. Uh, every single episode, I try to make it as good as possible. That's why I devote so much time to editing. I mean, a lot of shows don't really edit. They just kind of put whatever they say out there. You know, we say a lot of stuff that's just mindless nonsense that doesn't really contribute to the, the show. And that has to be cut out. That's know? when you censor me. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Yeah, it usually comes from me. <laughs> I'm making you sound better. Thank you. <laughs> that's what it is. And, you know, every single episode, I do my best. I know you do your best. And we try to put forth the best show we can. Is there room for improvement? Always. Oh, yeah. And all you can keep doing is striving for it. Uh, if you're ever satisfied, you're just going to become complacent. So... Keep striving to be as good as possible. Keep working on improving. And as far as what we want next, it's just to continue growing. I mean, we want more people. We want more people listening. We want better sponsors. We want a bigger audience. We want you know, more, more supporters through uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash comicalpodcast. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we want better interviews, more interviews, more creators. Uh, there's a lot of people that we'd love to talk to that we haven't gotten to yet or we didn't have enough of a following to merit talking to yet. And we might now. You know, we've gotten to the point where we're fairly big now and fairly well known that we might actually be able to pull some of the bigger guests. He's not asked about our weight size. Well, that's actually shrinking for me. Uh, hey, <laughs> I've lost some weight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I think we've gotten our brand out there and with the help of our friends and people that are behind us and everything else pushing us and us, us pushing each other. Um, yeah, we're definitely getting bigger. And I, I'm like you. I, I mean, the dream is... To want a podcast for life, obviously, to be able to do it and get paid by sponsors, or whatever, and never have to go do another nine to five job. Just this. That's the dream. Is that ever going to happen for everybody in the world? Probably not. No. I mean, do we have a shot? Yeah, you can't ever say you don't. But if we don't get there, oh well, as long as we get the biggest numbers we possibly can have, the most following, and when people see us, hey, we know who they know who we are. And we're having fun. Oh, yeah. We'll definefully have fun. I think we'll have fun together no matter what. I mean, we laugh 24 7. My dumb asses are laughing at work about stupid crap. Yeah, that's true. And you know what's funny is we can retread a lot of the crap at work, and we just still bust out laughing. I mean, Hell, we're just dummies. <laughs> yeah, I almost freaking die on the floor again the other day, crying so hard from laughing. Yeah. So there you go. I got a little long-winded. My bad. It's all right. Uh, so the next one comes from Rick and Paul, which is at Rick and Paul. Uh, they say, for a new comic reader, what are the five must-read publications that will convince them what they're missing out on? So if you had to recommend to somebody who's not a comic book reader to read five stories, what stories would you give them to read? Nailbiter? Not everybody's into horror, though. That's kind of... Southern Bastards? Southern Bastards is a good one. Especially the first arc. Maybe Saga? I'm Saga, to go different. Saga, absolutely. You know, 
naming a lot of indie stuff here. I'm trying to find, trying to think off the top of my head something in Marvel. I would give him something from Batman's current run, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Maybe, yeah. Maybe Death in the Family uh, is really good. Uh, Marvel wise, you know, you can't go wrong with Spider Man. Any of the last few Spider Man books have been have been pretty good. Moon Knight. Uh, Moon Knight's been fantastic, but again, like that's a tier two character, kind okay. of an unknown. So you want somebody big. You either want to pick like a main team, or you want to pick. You know, a well-known character, somebody that's been in the movies that they can kind of already know the backstory on. I would say maybe go with Guardians is a good one. I would maybe go with some of the later Guardians of the Galaxy stuff from this last run. Like, if you want to give them some indie stuff, you can't go wrong with Saga. Uh, I would say Rat Queens is hilarious, and mm-hmm. people are going to like that regardless. Um, if they're adults, maybe give them Sex Criminals. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Sex Criminals is hilarious, and it definitely is not your typical comic. Uh, another good Marvel one is All-New Hawkeye. Uh, Hawkeye's been phenomenal for a really long time. Um, so those are some good suggestions. Deadpool. Deadpool, but you know, he's still kind of a, a character that a lot of not a lot of people know a lot about. That's funny, so, <laughs> considering how big he's getting. Yeah, I mean, they will come February, but they just don't yet because he hasn't been in a movie. <laughs> or they got the wrong perceptions because that other piece of shit movie that won't... <laughs> <laughs> it comes up again. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be my recommendation. Probably something along those lines. All righty then. Um, Caster Quest on Twitter. That's at Caster Quest. It's uh, our friend Amanda. She has a podcast as well. Okay. Uh, she goes, did you ever think that we would make it to 100 episodes? What was our favorite episode and our least favorite episode? Is there any advice? Well, we already kind of talked about, you know, did we think we'd make it and what our advice would be. But do you have a favorite episode and a least favorite episode? <laughs> least favorite episode is number one. Okay. Uh, favorite episode is going to be... Steve Orlando episode. Um, the first one? No. It's real close between those of $500 sunglasses asshole or the one we did after we did the live tweeting of He-Man. The one that we went everywhere. Yeah. It, it, you can't go wrong with any one of those. But the ones we've done here lately, I mean, even the one with James is funny and the one with Sean was hilarious. Like the last couple of weeks have been great. I agree. Uh, I think that my favorite episode of all time is the one I mentioned before. We may have gone too far. Uh, I also really like the Audible blooper bonus episode. There's some really, really funny moments in there. Uh, I like the Nth Cast episode was a lot of fun. Um, like you said, the last ten have all just been great. My least favorite, I don't really want to throw it out there because it was a it was an interview episode. Uh, we had one guest on the show that was especially difficult, and he was very, very tough to edit and everything. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not going to throw the name out there because I do respect him as an artist and I really enjoy his work. Just he was not the best interview and not the best guest on the show. Uh, so there is definitely a least favorite episode, but unfortunately I can't tell you which one that is. <laughs> nice. You know what? I take that back. Episode 70 on BS Excluded, Pillow Talk. <laughs> Our crossover. Our crossover on there was – okay, I take that back. Our non-comical podcast episode, that has to be our favorite so one. So your favorite episode of Comical Podcast is, is not a comical podcast <laughs> No, I'm <episode>. just joking. <laughs> I'm messing around. That's a really funny one if you've never heard it. Uh, go out there and look for Comical Sausage Fest on the BS Exclusive <laughs> Pillow Talk podcast. Uh, Miguel and I took over hosting duties during our comical crossover thing. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a really funny one as well. There's a lot of our episodes, man. I go back and I just laugh and I can't stop laughing. I, I listened to one of us like four or five times in a row. I <laughs> couldn't help myself. My phone finally decided to take it off. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Uh, this next one's from Pod Underground, which is at Pod Underground. He says, uh, what comics can my 13-year-old and I both enjoy without any awkward questions afterwards? Rick and Morty. <laughs> That's a good one. Big Trouble Little China? 
Uh, I mean, no, it's, it's kind of got a little sexy in there. <laughs> I think he's asking what big two books. Big two books. You could recommend that him and his kid could read together. Um, I, I think that, you know, Spider-Man's going to be great. Squirrel Girl. Uh, Squirrel Girl is, yeah, she, she has a lot of innuendo kind of built into it. But Miss like Marvel? Hidden. Miss Marvel's the one I was really going to recommend. Um, I don't know how well your 13-year-old son can identify with a teenage Pakistani girl. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's a great, charming comic book. That's really funny, full of life, full of, of joy, and you don't really see that a lot in comics. Nova. Nova's the other one I was going to recommend because that is a, a father and son story. That is a great book. Uh, it's all about Sam Alexander and his search for his dad. So those are probably the two best titles that I could give you out of the Marvel Universe. DC, of course, you can go with Justice League or, or Batman or any of the main titles, any character that you're familiar with from the movies. I think he's going to have no problem reading those. I'd stay away from Suicide Squad. I'd stay away from... Deathstroke and things like that, but anybody that is a, a main main superhero in the DC universe, most likely their book's going to be okay for you guys to read together. They probably want to go Batgirl because remember that one's gotten a lot softer, been more. Yeah, Batgirl's a little more kid friendly too, so maybe Batgirl. But uh, those are some good ones. Yeah, the Nova run before the Nova Dad thing was pretty cool too. Yeah, Nova's been good for a long time. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, also, happy birthday, Pot Underground. Just uh, want to throw that out there for you. Oh yeah, happy birthday. He's been a big supporter online for a while. Yeah. All right, the next one comes from Cheryl, who's at Piggy Mouth. <laughs> uh, she says, did we ever think that we'd make it to 100? Hashtag podcast addiction. No. Were <laughs> <laughs> we going to kill each other? I thought we were going to kill each other at some point. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I, I knew we'd either go the distance and just keep going forever, or uh, the show would just end pretty quickly. And like I had to drag you kicking and screaming into this hobby. You didn't want to do it in the beginning, but you fall in love with it pretty quickly. And then I knew that we'd be fine. Yep, you've been dragging me, kicking and screaming the whole way. It's an abduction story. For 100 episodes, I've not been able to leave this basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next one comes from uh, Morandir Drogmore on Twitter, which is at Morandir835. Yeah, he's been retweeting a lot of stuff we've been doing out there. He says, if two monkeys walk into a bar and one is eating a frog and the other orders a whiskey, which one do you think will masturbate in anger first? I responded to this on Twitter, and I said it'll probably be Miguel. <laughs> what? <laughs> Some monkeys. <laughs> one monkey's eating a frog. One monkey's eating the whiskey. And he asked, who's going to masturbate first? In anger. Yeah. In anger. And it, was he talking about the monkeys or talking about us? The monkeys. <laughs> then why'd you say Miguel? <laughs> I missed this. I didn't see that tweet. <laughs> Ooh, the monkey drinking the, the whiskey. Yeah, it's definitely the, the, the drinker. Because <laughs> the, the other monkey going to be happy. Great, great question. Thanks for participating. Nice. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Uh, so Warlock's Pod, which is at Warlock's Bro on Twitter, says, How is the sex? Are we still going at it like college kids? Is the honeymoon officially over now? <laughs> well, uh, I'm not one to kiss and tell, but... Uh, it's all zoo up in here. <laughs> <laughs> zoo up in here? Really? <laughs> Maybe a little Zoolander. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, so the next one is from the Angry Ginger which is at seven days a geek. Mm -hmm. He says, congratulations on a hundred guys. That's it. Oh, thank you. So thanks man. Uh, -huh. uh black forest comics, which yes. is at black forest comics. TX says, congratulations to our friends over at comical podcast doing their thing. You're almost at a hundred hashtag milestones. So thanks to you guys too. I appreciate that. You know, they offered us, uh, if we ever make it out that way, or if we're going to anything that they'd love to have us do a, a show from their store. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this may be happening down the road where we may actually take the show on the road, but we'll have to wait and see. And that's it for the Q&A section. Wow. Only two hours of that. And <laughs> <laughs> now for some TNA. Oots, 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 oots. 
This is not the zoo. Uh, no! Will you stop it? That's terrible. I like it. I don't like it at all. You love it. Oh, no. Well, we finally completed all those freaking questions, and some of them were funny and some were not, but you know what? You better bring your funny star, man. All right, well, I have a few different ones I can pick from. Okay. Uh, I'll let you choose which one I tell. Give it to us all. Uh, I got to save some for next time. This is a 100 episode, baby. We need more than one. <laughs> All right. I can tell you the story about the foot races. Okay. I can tell you the story about the Fogo de Chao challenge. Okay. I can tell you about uh, the tobacco trash can or the Statue of Liberty. Pick two, and I'll tell those two. Okay. I want a tobacco trash can and foot races. Okay. <laughs> so tobacco trash can. Uh, I used to work at a gas station when uh-huh. I was in college. Uh, well, actually, when I first got to college... I started working at a Schlotzky's, and I did that for about three months, and then I found out that one of the employees was sleeping with the owner. Uh, there was actually a, a husband and wife that owned the store together, and the, the man in the relationship was sleeping with one of the employees. Nice. And I may have accidentally said something about it, and the wife got pissed off, and the two of them got in a fight, and like this whole thing happened. And you got fired. And I didn't really get fired, but they stopped putting me on the schedule. Nice. <laughs> Narc. <laughs> so uh, it was completely inadvertent. I wasn't even talking to the wife. I was talking to somebody else about the situation. And the wife And heard. I got overheard. Uh, so I got laid off from Schlotzky's, I guess. Were you trying to hit on the girl that was hitting the owner? No, I just thought it was really sleazy. Oh. Like, I was just bringing attention to it, talking to one of my friends nice. who worked there. You wanted to be the owner. I got it. <laughs> no. Was the chick hot? No, not really. Was he hot? No. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> Nothing hot at Schlossky's. <laughs> okay, all right. So you lost that job. So I, I, I ended up... That's the only job that I ever got kind of pseudo-fired from. I didn't even get fired. I just like stopped being put on the schedule because he was vindictive or something. Nice. So I had to find a new job, and I went to work at a gas station. Uh, the Shell, to be specific. I always called it S-Hell. S-Hell. <laughs> <laughs> but we had all kinds of weirdos that would come in there. I'd, I'd work the late shift usually. Um, and there's this weird woman who was real, just country, you know, she chewed tobacco. She listened to like really loud country music. She talked like she was from the boondocks out in the, out in the wilderness. Like she was as country as a country woman can get. And she always worked the early shift. So I would always pass her by at the, at the beginning of my shift every single day. So one day I went in there at 3 PM or so. And, you know, she was standing by the front counter. She's like, oh, howdy, Justin. How was your day? And we started talking for a couple of minutes. And I took my cell phone out, and I was waiting for Heather to call me. And I put it up on the counter, and I started counting my register to put it in the thing. Well, then I went to go pick up my phone, and I bumped it, and it slid off the counter, and I went into the trash can. And like I said before, this woman chews tobacco. So she's been at this counter for eight hours, chewing tobacco the entire day, and spitting into, you guessed it, the trash can. <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit. And I reached down to get it. And then I realize where it is. It's in it's submerged in like brown murk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And she's like, oh shit. I'm sorry, honey. Let me get that for you. Oh. <laughs> so she reaches into the muck oh. and pulls out my cell phone. This was back before we had iPhones and all these fancy, you know, fancy versions of phones. All we had were either flip phones or like those Nokia bricks. And I, I had a Nokia brick, and those things were basically indestructible. So I took this thing, and I took it apart, and I washed it. Like, literally, just ran it under the sink. You know, no care. Nice. <laughs> uh, set it aside, dried it off, let it sit for a little while. Picked it up, and, and put it back together. 
and then started to try to turn it on, and I smelled it. Ugh. And that horrible smell of like chewed, spit-out tobacco oh. lingered on it. So I went and I got the hand sanitizer, and I emptied like an entire bottle of hand sanitizer onto my my phone, oh. but I made like a little protective bubble over it with the hand sanitizer, <laughs> oh my gosh. and I just let it sit there inside of the hand sanitizer. Now, you know, you would think that this much liquid would somehow damage the phone, yeah. But like I said, these things were indestructible. Like you could throw them against the wall, run them over with your car. Nothing stopped the Nokia from working back then. Nice. Uh, it, it did recover just fine. Okay. Except the smell never went away. Oh. <laughs> so I had a cell phone that for months before I could get a new one. Anytime anybody called me, I would talk to him like this. I was going to say, did you put it in your ear? <laughs> I, I stopped putting it up to my face. I had to hold it like a good eight inches away from my face so I couldn't smell it anymore. Even like full strength hand sanitizer wasn't enough to get that smell out. It was awful. Bleach, man. Bleach. <laughs> <laughs> Nokia probably could have survived. <laughs> I should have tried. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I tried spraying perfume on it, cologne. Like I tried submerging it in rice. I tried everything. Should have pissed on it. Maybe the ammonia would have gotten rid of it. I don't know. But that phone, like, I dropped that phone in a, in a puddle not that long afterwards. Uh, it had rained really bad, and there was this giant pothole next to my car when I opened my door. And I always put my phone in my car door when I'm driving. Uh, it fell out, and it fell right in this, like, three-foot-deep puddle. And I was like, shit. So I'm, not, I'm, like, on the ground, like, digging around in this hole for my phone. You know, I don't know what's in there. It's, like, murky water. You like sticking your hands in murky things. <sighs> I don't like it, so, but... I was poor, and I had the one phone, and I couldn't lose it. Uh, so I found my phone, pulled it out, and it was, like, just fine. It was still on. <laughs> like, nothing was wrong with it. Like, that's how indestructible these things were. I think that the mu- muddy, murky water that it fell in might have actually diluted the smell a little bit. Uh-huh. Maybe that's what I should have just done, like, dump it in a swamp somewhere. In a swamp. <laughs> see if that eliminates the smell. But uh, Fish float to the top dead. <laughs> <laughs> it might have. That tobacco stuff was disgusting. Oh, uh, how old was this woman? Uh, she was in her forties. Oh, good lord! And she was a a chewing woman. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. yeah. It was horrible. Uh, but yeah, eventually, probably six months after that, I ended up getting a new phone because I had to. <laughs> I was gonna say I thought you got a new job because she was sleeping with an employee. I quit. I quit that job about six months. She later, was sleeping too. with the owner. <laughs> no, no, the owner was this real crotchety old woman who was just always like, "Who's selling all my lottery tickets?" And she would like yell at me because somebody bought all the. Whatever the particular, she always liked to play Break the Bank. Uh-huh. And this one guy would come in and buy like half the spindle. She'd be like, damn it, I wanted to play Break the Bank. Who took my lottery tickets? <laughs> You're supposed to sell them. But she wanted to pay for it. Oh my God. Like that was her game. Oh wow. She was always mad. She's like, Justin, don't you sell the Break the Bank to that guy. Make him play a different game. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I had some interesting experiences to that job. <laughs> All right. Now, take me to the foot races. Oh, foot races. Okay. Well, uh, I used to hang out at this comic shop all the time. Uh, me and my buddies, we would play cards. We'd, we'd be there playing poker until like 2 a.m. pretty regularly because the owner was a friend. And one night, the shop closed, and we had this tendency to just kind of stand around outside in a circle. I'm going to interrupt you just real quick. So you worked at the show. Heather called you back then, and now you're playing cards with friends out in the middle, in the middle of the night. How did you have a girlfriend? <laughs> How did Heather stick with you? <laughs> well, th- this was actually uh, midnight. This is actually uh, after we were married. This is while we were living in Houston. Okay. okay. Oh, so we've gone forward. Okay. Yeah. Right. This is this is several years later. Okay. Um. So my, my buddies and I, we were standing outside the comic shop. It's like two thirty in the morning. We're talking, and uh, one of my friends is a soccer player, 
Like, he's really gung-ho into soccer. Like, he loves the Dynamo. Like, he's really into it. And he's super athletic. He's, like, really skinny, really trim. And he's like, man, I could beat anybody, anybody here in a foot race. And uh, this short little Mexican dude that we're friends with, we called him Fuzzy. He's rotund. He's like, bullshit, I'm faster than anybody. I, I ran across that border. Those, Me- those border guards were shooting at me, and I was just dodging their bullets like in the Matrix and shit. And he's like, I can beat you in a foot race. You racist bastard. This is him talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't have to look at me like that when you were making the story. <laughs> this is what Fuzzy talks like. Okay. Uh, so Fuzzy's like, come on, Will, I can beat you in a foot race. And they're like, anybody else went on this action? So there's this tall, lanky Asian dude who I'm really good friends with named Ten, who's like, oh, I'm in, whatever. So it, And I'm like, you know what? I'll enter too because I'm like the dark horse. Nobody expects me to win, right? The big fat guy. <laughs> now, the thing about fat guys that most people don't know is uh, we got momentum like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Once we start going, it's hard to make a stop. Because it's too fat to stop. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm really, really fast for short distances. I just don't have stamina to go for more than <laughs> a few minutes. Uh, so yeah, we were only racing like half a, half a block or something. It was real short distance. And we all anted up 10 bucks. And I was like, positive i was just gonna be the the upset okay you know because we got two skinny guys who are in good shape we got the short little mexican who ran barefoot he was so confident he took his shoes off and he's like a parking lot whatever run barefoot i don't care insane <laughs> and i was like all right so I, I had my shoes on whatever uh so we go and we take off running and of course will who's the skinny guy he's in the front of the pack but i'm catching up with him i'm in second place and i'm like hauling ass like leaning forward as far as i can let my weight propel me and I'm about to pass him, and then tragedy strikes, and one of my shoes goes flying off. Oh, I thought you stepped on the Mexican. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's not that small. God. <laughs> my shoe goes flying off because uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm a dumbass, and I didn't think to tie my shoe tight before we went. Oh. I, I just thought my regular tightness was good enough, but it wasn't. Uh-huh. So my shoe goes flying off. I do this like weird somersault, <laughs> like, fly through the air kind of thing, land on my knee, land on my face, land on my hands. Scratch everything up, skid about 10 feet, get up, take off running. <laughs> I didn't make it to the end. I, I, I came in fourth place, but I, I was damn close with the fourth place guy. 10. Now, Fuzzy actually ran pretty quick. Like, he came in second. Nice. Because I fell. But uh, fell. I could have won that thing. Interesting. And then I, I came back home and Heather was like, oh my God, what happened to you? Because my face was all scratched <laughs> up. My arms were all scratched up. My legs were all scratched up. I was like bleeding everywhere. And she's like, oh, my God, what happened? Did you get jumped? And I was like, no, we were having foot races. And I fell and hurt myself. She's like, you're an idiot. See, if I'd have been here, I'd have been like, dude, no means no. <laughs> Actually, it was, right, it was right around Thanksgiving time. It was right around this time because uh, we went to visit my parents right after it happened. And my sister was in town visiting. Uh, she lives in England. And she was obsessed with putting hydrogen peroxide on my wounds because it bubbles up. Uh-huh. So every time I wasn't looking, I'd be like sitting on the couch and I start to fall asleep. She'd, <laughs> she'd be like running over with hydrogen peroxide, rubbing it on my leg as fast as she could. And it'd be like, <laughs> she'd be like, ah, <laughs> just obsessed with it. It was, it oh, was that's really so freaking funny. I wish I would have been there to see that. Yeah. So that's the foot race story. See, I'd have been running up to you, put monkey blood on you. See if you jump up and scream. <laughs> I've had monkey blood before. It's, it's not that bad. I don't feel pain like you feel pain. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Your dumb ass went sliding across the freaking parking lot, too. Well, that's not the first time that's happened either. Oh, Lord. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell this one, too, because it's relevant. Uh, When I was in high school, I missed the bus one day. Uh Uh-huh. My mom was like, Justin, you got to go. I'm ready for school. 
I'm not driving you to school. You better not miss the bus. And I was like, oh, I got plenty of time. And, you know, I hate mornings. I'm not a morning person at all because I, I have insomnia. I'm always up till two or three in the morning. So it was time for the bus to show up. And I was just barely getting my clothes on. The bus was early. So it came, it stopped, I heard it stop, and then it went. I was half-dressed. I had no idea what it was like outside. I knew that it was kind of cold, but I didn't really know. Uh, I had shorts on. I had like half a t-shirt on. I was like trying to pull it over my head. I grabbed my backpack. My mom's like, you better hurry, you're going to miss the bus. I know there's two more stops in my little subdivision before the bus escapes into like the main area of the neighborhood, and Uh then I'm screwed. So I bolt out the door, and I'm running to catch the bus as fast as I can. It's like... 38 degrees outside. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> and there's a huge-ass patch of ice. Oh, jeez. On the walkway up to our door. And oh. I don't see it. And I hit it, and I go sliding, and I land on my knee, Ooh. and I scrape my entire... I have a scar that runs the entire length of my of my uh, shin uh-huh. from where I slid across the gravel. Because I slid about 25 feet. <laughs> and then I just stood up and kept on running like nothing even happened. It was like a power slide. I was like, woo! <laughs> and then I got up and took off running just like like nothing happened. I don't even look at my leg. I don't know what the fuck it looks like. I'm just bolting. Uh-huh. And I see the bus. I, I make it all the way to the front of the neighborhood. And I see the bus as it turns out into the main neighborhood. And I'm like, fuck. I'm going to be in so much trouble. Because my mom's going to have to take me to school. Uh-huh. And I start walking back, and I'm just like, shit, I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to get in so much trouble. And then I look at my leg, and it's just this bloody gash. It's this huge mess. Blood just everywhere, because I bleed. I'm a Uh bleeder. Yeah, we know you're a bleeder. (laughs) So there's this woman driving like a red car, like a Camry or something, and she turns around the corner, and it's like heading straight for me. And I start waving my arms, and I stop her. I don't even know who this lady is. She's just somebody in my neighborhood. And I'm like oh my God, can you please take me up to the, the front of the neighborhood so I can try to catch the bus? I missed the bus. I just need to ride up to like where the Randalls is, the grocery store at the front of the neighborhood. And she's like, uh... <laughs> I'm like, I'm bleeding. Please help me. <laughs> she's like, okay, fine. So I get in her car, complete stranger. She drives me up to the grocery store and I get out. And the way my neighborhood was set up is like there's this grocery store on a major highway. And then there's like a side street that leads into the main part of our neighborhood and there's a bunch of subdivisions. So she drops me off at the grocery store and I see a bus that's pulled up to the stoplight uh, on the highway. And I take off running for it. So I'm running down the highway towards the school bus. And I don't know if it's my school bus or what. And I walk up to it. I start banging on the door. And the bus driver opens the door and he's like, can I help you? And I was like, yeah, I need a ride to the school. And he's like, uh, I can't let you on the bus right here on the highway. And I was like, look, man, I'm bleeding. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit. And I was like, yeah, I was trying to catch the bus, and I slipped and fell, and I can't be late for school. I don't have a way to get there if you don't take me. And he's like, uh, okay, get on. Just sit in the front. So I got on. I sat in the front. Everybody's looking at me like, who's this idiot? <laughs> so I rode the bus to school, and I went in, and I was like going to go to class, but he was like, I don't know who you are. Like, You're coming with me to the nurse's office. Like, We're going to get that leg taken care of before anything else. So then I had to go to the nurse's office, and like they were like, oh, my God, because there was so much blood. They had to clean it off, and I got like a little patch thing. But yeah, I was not missing school that day. Wow, <laughs> dedication. That's insane. <laughs> I about like, oh, missed the bus. <laughs> Stay my ass at home. <laughs> yeah, you don't know my parents. That wouldn't have worked so well. I, I would have gotten the ride at school, but then I would have been in so much trouble for a really long time. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow, man. Those are pretty funny, right? Power slide. Woo! <laughs> two power slides and two stories. How about that? Pretty nice. <laughs> and a phone dropped in shit. <laughs> oh, God. That was so horrible. Ugh. That smell. <laughs> I got a couple other ones in the, in the backlog for next time. Okay. So Cool. 
There you go. Very nice. All right, so let's move on to the segment that everybody's been waiting for for 100 episodes. Comic book theater. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. It's like, no way. I was thinking about doing it for the 100th episode. It's kind of a throwback. Uh, I even reached out to see if anybody had any book ideas. Uh-huh. It just doesn't work. I mean, if you want to hear it, go back and listen to the first episode. There's some funny moments, but it's only funny because we're so bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're not actually going to do comic books. Okay, either. all right. Instead, we're going to play our favorite new segment, Minute to Win It. Damn it. <laughs> So you're going to go first. You know we've been recording for two hours already. You know that, right? <laughs> hey, we got to give people what they came for. What? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting today. I think I'm going to go down and lose this one. <laughs> All right. Now, if you don't know what Minute to Win it is, it's a game we created a few episodes ago where one of us gives the other one a topic that is somehow related to either comic books or comical podcast, and then that person has to talk for an entire minute without taking a pause. If they take a pause... They lose that round, and we're going to play best of three rounds. If we come out with another tie, then I think we're just going to postpone doing this until we have three or more people to play with. Hang on, let me get my stopwatch, because I know what you did to me last time, too, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell's my watch? Here it is. Okay, I got my watch ready to go. Okay. Your word is cosplay. Go. Man, we have a lot of friends that do cosplay. You know, Maria Dahl is one of my favorites, and you have She I can never say her name right, but she's Desiree, but she's an amazing cosplayer. We met. We haven't met Nicole Jean yet. I'm still trying to meet her. Uh, we have another friend. I can't remember the other girl's name. She dresses up like the chick from Star Wars. What was her name again? I can't remember. Anyway, cosplay is very hard. Uh, I have to respect what these people do because if you look at some of the costumes they make, like, oh, my God, you spend a lot of money. They take their time. They actually sew their equipment and the stuff, everything they wear. And it's like, that's pretty freaking cool. I mean, you're that damn talented that you can actually do that. My dumb ass would be like running down to the local Walmart. Hey, I need you to make this for me. I need to buy this. Everybody SpongeBob there. I'm cosplaying now. <laughs> but no, cosplay is very hard. I don't understand. And how the hell do you actually get into that? I mean, you got to have some kind of a job to be able to support that. I have don't make that kind of money. You make that kind of money cosplay? I mean, my cosplay outfit would be a big-ass fucking pumpkin. I'll bomb Mr. Pumpkin. <laughs> but no, I can't do it. Cosplaying does seem to be very... Cool and up and coming now, and there's been a lot of people. But have you noticed a lot of cosplayers are women with big boobs, and they're always hanging out. You always see these boobs da, 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 hanging out, and it's really cool. I mean, I hate to say it, but it is. And you got All these right, little that's kids. Time. <laughs> <laughs> if we were doing an opening, that would be our opening. <laughs> what? Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Now there was pauses in there, but I don't think it was pauses for me to pause on purpose for me to breathe. <laughs> As you know, I'm stuffed no, up. I so. know. Okay. So is that supposed to be an easy one for me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Easy one for you. Manscaping. Go. Manscaping is something that we've talked about several times on the show, and I think it's an important topic to discuss. I mean, men need to keep themselves groomed, especially down there. You don't want to show up at a girl's house with something that's kind of frightening to look at. You don't want a big bush coming out or something that smells bad. You want to make sure it's nice and clean and, and well-kept, You know, especially if you're going to be sexually active. It's important. If you're not seeing anybody and you're just keeping it to yourself, you know, let it let it grow free. Let it be a jungle. George of the jungle. Like, you're always saying, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> I know that was a little bit more like Mexican, but really, I mean, it's like, watch out for that tree, really, you know, <laughs> in the middle of the jungle. <laughs> Anyhow, I think manscaping is an essential thing for all men to do. If you don't do it, I think you're probably a weirdo. You may think you're a weirdo if you do do it. But really, you're not. I think all men do it to some degree. And if you don't, then, uh, you know, you're just a weirdo. Uh, you're going to have that funk that just kind of stays there. You're going to have all kinds of itchiness because you got so much hair growing. You're going to have uh, all kinds of problems. But the cool thing is you can, you know, do little designs if you want. You could, uh, you know. Just- all right, all right. <laughs> designs? What the hell? Is- Were you Xena? <laughs> what the hell? 
That was kind of funny. I probably stumbled in some places. Yeah, I think you stumbled a little bit. I think I may have taken round one. Yeah, I'll give you round one. Watch out for that tree. That's what she's looking for, the tree, <laughs> not the bush. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. Your word is bestiality. Go. Man, I don't know what the fuck we're talking about bestiality for. First, you bring up that stupid-ass trailer of the zoo. Who is going to screw a horse in the ass? Me, personally, I like sheep. But the still thing is, <laughs> bestiality is not right. No one wants to do things with animals. Animals can't give that right to consent. You know that. They just said it in the zoo. You look like a like a goat kind of guy. I can hear That'd be pretty messed up. Why did you give me bestiality for? That's not even a great word to talk about. I don't want to talk about humping hippos, elephants, giraffes, rhinoceros. What if somebody wants to hump a cat? Can you imagine that? Some guy with about a 10-foot schlong trying to stick it in a two-inch cat? Well, that just don't work, man. You're going to... I'm telling you. BCL is not appropriate for this show. It's never been in this show. It's only because of the zoo. It's the only reason why you brought this up. We have never talked about man-humping horse, man-humping camel. Oh, that camel looked good to me. Oh, very sexy camel. No, that's never been talked about on this show. Who brought up BC Alley? I know it wasn't me. I never said I like that horse. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it was not me. I'm positive. BC Alley is a topic I never want to talk about ever again on this show. <laughs> if it's too damn soon, <laughs> what are we talking about? I want to talk about low twos. Okay? species erotica, fucko. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, damn it. Plus, Heather brought up the Dolphin Love thing, which lost us a sponsor. <laughs> so it's definitely relevant. <laughs> I may have stumbled a little bit on that one. Yeah, I think you did. So uh, so if I get to give you a word, you get this one, you'll win this one. Um, what the fuck, man? Beast- really? It's, Beast- re- it's relevant to today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Um, you dick. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Bri-Fi. Go. Bri-Fi is a podcaster who we met at Comic Palooza back in 2013 for the very first time. We like to call him our little brother podcast, and he's a really cool dude. His real actual name is Brian Guanajuato, and he's married to a real cool girl named Casey, and they're actually having their first baby. They've gone back and forth to the hospital four times already because her contractions have been so crazy, and she really doesn't even know if she's going to have the baby now or if she's going to have to wait until next time. I'm sure it's very frustrating for them, but they're trying really hard to learn to be parents. You know, they keep posting all these cool videos on stuff on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter of him trying to, like, learn to put a diaper on a teddy bear, and it's actually pretty funny. He, anyways, he has his own podcast called the Bri-Fi Podcast, where he does comic reviews and talks about the things in his daily life. He does heroes and villains, where he talks about people that are cool that he meets. He talks about people that he doesn't like because they do shitty things to him or shitty things to other people. On top of that, he also gives out codes, which if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the digital codes that come with Marvel Comics, which... You know, I've always talked about is selling on eBay. He actually gives them away and posts them on Twitter and tries to get people excited and interactive on his show by giving those away. And it seems to work pretty well for him. Anyways, he has a pretty cool show. You can find that at brightfightpodcast.com if you want to check that out. Cool dude. That was a minute and nine seconds. That was a minute and nine seconds. I think you got a quick trigger finger on that. <laughs> that was a minute and nine seconds. <laughs> I think you cheated. Hey, I can't, I'm the official crap. Crapper for you. <laughs> I'll give it to you because I just started late on mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you said Bri-Fi still learn how to put it in, I'm like, what? <laughs> you didn't have to say that. <laughs> I think he knows what he's doing. All right. So you won around and I won around. And Bri-Fi won around. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Got that baby on the way. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> he All still right. won't tell me where he lives. I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> Are you ready for round three? <sighs> I will try. And you, you look like you have a word. You oh, I got it. I got it. Oh, you suck, I man. Got it ready. I'm not ready for this. Hang on. 
yum, 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 yum. Let me get some. Let me get some juice here. Hang on. Okay, Bo from Shira. Bo from Shira is the coolest guy ever, dude. He's got a freaking heart. He's even better than freaking that stupid butterfly thing, whatever the hell it's supposed to be. Everybody loves Bo. Bo is a big time guy who should have his own series. Should be like Bo has the power, <laughs> but no, he doesn't because Bo is like the power bottom. Yeah, <laughs> Bo is really, really beautiful too. Have you noticed that he's like really like handsome and something like I don't know. He's got the look. You know, he looks like a young Matthew McConaughey there on, on He Man. And of course, our good friend Steve Orlando loves Bo. Bo is his favorite character. And you know, honestly, believe Bo could make that transition from She Rod to He Man. Could have been the sidekick on He Man. It'd been awesome, right? That transition. <laughs> That's not the kind of transition we're talking about here. Bo is a one in a, one in a million character. He's like, I don't even know they make Bo action figures, but they should. Bo action figures should be out there. The dude is suave. He's debonair. He's got it going on. And you know, he's just the man. I'm just saying. He should have changed his name from Bo to Blake. Because Blake seems so much better than Bo. And again, is it Bo B-O or B-E-A-U or whatever it is? Who knows? I don't know. Bo Duke? Luke Duke? Who knows? <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, if Bo had his own action figure, I'd buy it and give it to you and Steve for Christmas. If Bo had his own TV show, I'd buy the DVDs for you as well. And, of course, I'd watch it. We'd do a live tweeting of Bo because it'd be awesome. You know it would be. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> That's tough. That was real hard. It was really hard for me not to make a comment to every word you said. <laughs> <laughs> I still let a few slide. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, where did you pull that one out of? Yeah, I don't know. Damn it. Oh, crap. Now I got to really think. You got plenty of content to choose from. <laughs> I'm trying to really think because I'm trying to get a good one to stump you here, and I can't get one. Um, because anybody I could throw out, you can go negative, you can go positive. So it's like it's really tough. I'm really trying to think of something that you don't like. Or you don't you have no stance on it. Oh, here we go. You ready? Sure. Blade. Go. Blade is a vampire hunter. <laughs> I like Blade. Uh he's used to be played by Wesley Snipes in the movies. Uh, in the comics, he actually reappeared fairly recently in uh Spider Man, Superior Spider Man as Spider Guy, and he was wearing this green outfit and looked absolutely ridiculous. Uh he's a vampire hunter, he's half human, half vampire, basically immortal, really hard to kill. Wears cool sunglasses. You know, I've seen him show up recently also in Deadpool. Uh, they tangled a little bit when Deadpool was doing all the Legions of Monster stuff, and he was doing all the stuff with Shikla and his wife. They were trying to fight against Dracula and all the other vampires. Pretty cool. I, I like Blade. He's a good character, but he's really underused. You don't see him too much in Marvel Comics these days, and he hasn't had his own standalone series in fucking forever. Uh, he's a great character that's definitely not getting this moment in the sun, which, <laughs> bad pun intended, wouldn't be good for him, I guess. But uh, He's a daywalker. I, I would like to see more Blade. You just don't see enough of him. And and you know, another movie would be great, too. You know, Ryan Reynolds is up for just about anything nowadays, and Wesley Snipes is still a badass. I'd love to see him come back and perform as Blade again. Uh, what else can I say? I mean, I love the character. But you you said enough. enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was already in the movie with him in Blade, the third one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to see more of him. But I thought you were trying to make Blade from Ryan. I mean, Blade was going to be played by Ryan Reynolds. I mean, you're going to go from black to white? What black the hell? Face, blackface Ryan Reynolds. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Nice. <laughs> Time to die, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Here's something you've never seen. Ryan Reynolds. Wow. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that was round three. I, being the guy that I am, am going to concede and say you won, you won this. One and two, we split, but three, we're a little bit better off on it than I was on mine. Okay. Because I, I think so. I repeated myself a little bit way too much. Yeah. Still, I mean, neither one of us is bad at this. Yeah, but it, it's. I guess we need to go to the point where we say we can't repeat, and yeah. that would really separate it. And we gotta we gotta try to do it where there's uh, no stall words either. You can't just be like ah. Uh. 
<laughs> oh, any of that kind or, of thing. Or my no, or bazanga. <laughs> 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 nice. <laughs> One hundred. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been your number. <laughs> 100? Yeah. I, I would have just sang the song. I know you would have. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. So you won. Cool. I'm the minute to win it champion for episode 100. <laughs> You're good in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to play with some more people next time. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to this week's comics, movie, and TV news. Holy shit. We've been <laughs> recording for how long and we're still not even toward the end? We're almost there. Okay. We're almost at the home stretch. Okay. All right, so what do you want to do first? Comics, movies, or TV? Give me comics. Comics. All right. The best announcement of the entire show, Horse Minions is back. Yes! Chris Ryder has sent me the next two issues of Horse Minions, and they'll be going live the same day the show does. Oh, okay. So for all Two you- weeks from now? <laughs> no, no, it'll be up Friday. So for all of you that are looking forward to reading more Horse Minions, uh, I'm really happy with it. It's pretty funny. It's about snappy. So nice. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get a kick out of it, and you'll be seeing that every week with the show as it comes out. If you don't know what we're talking about, you can go to comicalpodcast.com, and there's a comic strip that one of our longtime listeners, Horseman Number One, has drawn that goes along with a lot of the jokes in the show, uh, all about the legend of Horse Decles and its and his minions, uh, and it's called the Horse Minions comic. So they're pretty damn funny. Nice. Uh, props to Chris Ryder for doing that for us. Uh, go check it out; it's worth a lot of laughs. Uh huh. And remember, he's the exception to the Baron rule. <laughs> absolutely absolutely he's not an asshole <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving on marvel has announced their next deadpool miniseries it's okay. going to be called deadpool and the mercs for money uh cullen bunn is going to be writing it hey uh, he's written all the most recent deadpool miniseries and he likes to call it deadpool and the dirty dozen so it'd be kind of cool yeah that's... salvador espin is the artist interesting so that's supposed to happen in february 2016 cool Another 2016 title that's coming out is from Rob Liefeld. Uh, he's actually drawing a original graphic novel of Deadpool called Bad Blood. And it's going to be written by Chris Sims and Chad Bowers, who are the guys that did the X-Men 92 tie-in for Secret Wars. Um, I feel like that was a little bit too wordy of a tie-in. Yeah, it was. Like, X-Men 92, I love the cast of characters, and I love you know those old costumes and that whole era, but... Man, those books were wordy. I couldn't see the guys. There's too many damn bubbles. Uh, I mean, Dead- <laughs> Deadpool talks a lot, but he also has a lot of internal thoughts, and, and you know he, he does a lot of action stuff on the page, too. So I'm hoping that they don't make this quite as wordy as X-Men 92 was, but I'm definitely going to check it out either way because, you know, I love Deadpool. So, <laughs> uh, Moving on, DC has announced that their February variant month covers are going to be Neil Adams paying tribute to Neil Adams. Uh, he's going to do 25 variants that are reimaginings of previously done covers by him that are well known or well liked. So okay, that, that's kind of cool, but it's also kind of I don't I, know. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> uh, Neil Adams is Neil Adams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is what it is. Uh, that's it for comics. So what do you want to do next? Movies or TV? TV. All right. Uh, Lucifer has a premiere date now. It's going to be released Monday, January 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. When again? January 25th. Oh, wow. So they're finally going to let it go. (laughs) Finally letting it out, yeah. They changed the Uh, name from Lucifer to Lucy. No. (laughs) Well, we watched the pilot. It's a pretty good pilot, actually. Yeah. I'm excited to watch more of it. Uh, And then the only other piece of TV news, there's not a lot, is that Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been cast as Negan on The Walking Dead. And I approve that, and uh, you know anybody that's a Supernatural fan is going to be happy about that, too. I forget Supernatural. What? <laughs> He's a comedian, man. 
Oh, yeah. And Watchmen. Who's also in Texas Rising. Dude, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is an amazing actor. Yeah. He's got skills. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that casting. So, just want to see somebody get cracked with the bat. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Glenn's not dead. I'm pretty sure he's going to show back up and save the day. And, and then get his head, and then his head busted open Sweet. by the seal. <laughs> so, we'll see that happen, I'm pretty gotcha. sure. Now, give me some movies. Uh, some movie news. The first thing is related to us. We're uh, in a movie? We have decided that our live tweet of the year, the one that we're doing in December, is going to take place December 12th at 6 p.m. Central Time, and it's going to be the live-action Masters of the Universe movie. So get a copy, plan to join in with us. We're going to start hit play at uh, 6 p.m. on December 12th. Tweet the whole movie, all about Gwildor and how he likes fried chicken. And <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Steve's already on board, so it's going to be fun. Oh, my goodness. You know, if Steve wasn't doing this, I wouldn't tweet one tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and there's also a giveaway we're going to be doing of one copy of the movie. Uh-huh. And in order for a chance to win, all you have to do is subscribe to our Patreon. Oh, even not at, nice. Even at the dollar Look level. At, that's terrible. <laughs> what are you going to sh- You're shaming them now? <laughs> hey, Seal Adams is way ahead of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to shame them all like they did Randy in South Park. <laughs> nice. A little shaming. Whoa. <laughs> hey, you know. Look at this hamster and tell him he's not going to college. For only a dollar. You can win a copy of the movie. Nice. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. You don't have to subscribe to Patreon. So how are they going to get a chance to win the prize? Uh, we're actually going to give away a copy. And the only way to win it is to tweet us, email us, or Facebook us, and tell us how much you enjoy the show, or what your favorite thing is about the show, rather. Okay. Uh, so reach out to us. Tell us what you love, and uh, you'll be entered a chance for, for a chance to win. Some smart ass going to tweet you. I like keep on laughing, bitches, because it's over. <laughs> Somebody's going to tweet us and say, I love Miguel in the movie Zoo. (laughs) (laughs) You bastard. (laughs) All right. Uh, There was another Star Wars trailer that was released, even though we were told by J.J. Abrams two trailers ago that we would not see any more footage. Uh Uh-huh. Anyways, this is the ABC trailer they're showing in between their shows. Um, A character that we haven't seen yet is going to be returning for the new movies. Uh, You know who it is? You want to guess? Leia. It's a trap. <laughs> Admiral Akbar will be back for the movies. How's he not dead? I don't know. He's still alive. Uh, <laughs> and you can see him plain as day in, in the new trailer. So. It's a trap. Is that what he's going to say? It's a trap. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I hope that's all he says. <laughs> I got the clap. <laughs> he's got Tourette's, and that's the only word. <laughs> nice. It's a trap. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. If he says that, I'm going to fall out my chair. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, so moving on, Amy Landecker. Uh, who's best known for her role in Transparent, was cast in a mystery role in the Doctor Strange movie. Uh, no idea who she's playing yet, but another casting announcement. Yeah, hey, surprised you said that. I thought you were going to say in the Girl <laughs> series. <laughs> uh, we're on movies right now. Yeah, I know. That's uh, why I was like, okay. <laughs> the X-Men Apocalypse first trailer is going to be attached to Star Wars The Force Awakens. All right. So we'll finally get our look at Apocalypse. You mean Ivan Ooze? Sure. Uh, and that's happening December 18th, obviously. Okay. Uh, Suicide Squad was given a PG-13 rating. A lot of fans are outraged by that. Oh, dude, seriously. Okay. Seriously. I, I, Jesus. You really thought they would give it an R rating? Yeah. You can't take a kid to see that movie. Anyone under 13. You got kids that actually like some of the characters in there, like Harley, but you can't take them to see it. Batman's in the movie, too. I figured once once we found out that Batman was going to be a part of the movie, that it was going to have to be PG-13. It can't. Because <sighs> kids are going to go see it because Batman's in it. So what's Batman Superman? PG-13. Seriously. Yeah. All that damn violence. 
Well, they want they want general audiences to see it. They're not going to make a Batman movie and, and make it R. They're just not. Deadpool is kind of the rare outlier, the fact that they're making Deadpool an R-rated movie. And that took a lot of work and a lot of time hmm. to make happen. They're definitely not going to do it with one of their flagship titles, which is why I'm kind of surprised that people thought they were going to. Yeah. Oh, well. We'll see what happens. But you're not the only one that's like annoyed by it. There's a lot of outcry. Yeah. I mean, Suicide Squad isn't really a flagship title, but I think the fact that Batman is a part of it is why it has to be. Yeah, it is what it is. Weak. Better news. Uh, Michael Douglas says that he should be back for 2018's Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. Sweet. So looking forward to more Michael Douglas. Oh, dude, I thought you were about to tell me he's doing a falling down, too. <laughs> like he really didn't die when he fell off the top over the side. <laughs> I'm going back home. Falling down, too. Still falling. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to watch that. Oh, I'd watch that. <laughs> I'd, I'd pay somebody to write it and <laughs> like recruit Michael Douglas and film it and everything. Exactly. <laughs> if I had the money, I'd make it happen. Exactly. Uh, and then the coolest piece of news uh, martial artist Scott Adkins has been cast in a mystery role for Doctor Strange. Uh, have you seen the guy? Mm-mm. He looks like Danny Rand. Huh. So with all the speculation about they're not doing the Iron Fist movie, instead they're probably going to do Moon Knight and whatnot, all the TV stuff getting shaken up, uh, this would be a perfect place for them to introduce Kunlun and Iron Fist and all that kind of stuff in the Doctor Strange movie. Because it's all mystical anyway, so it sort of fits in. Yeah, go fist yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I like Iron Fist, so I'm, I know I'm you kind like, of excited about it. I know that. you like the fist. <laughs> Only if it's made of iron. Uh, <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and that's it for this week's news. Yay! Oh, we're almost to the end, man. It's only been two hours and ten minutes. One hundred, <laughs> one thousand, one million. Yeah. Uh, I want to say personally, thank you to everybody for all of your support. Uh, all of our networks were a part of Beyond the Dawn Radio, Nerd Bong, Lightning Radio, Wicked Radio, uh, the Houston Nerdcasting Collective. All of our fans, all of our listeners, everybody that tweets us all the time and talks to us, we really appreciate it. We wouldn't do the show without you guys. Uh, we love all of you. And, and yeah, we love doing this. So as long as you guys keep listening, we'll keep doing the show. And I couldn't ask for a better group of, uh, of people to be my audience. You have anything you want to add? I like none of you, mother. <laughs> hey, uh, world. <laughs> Hello, world. It's me, Jenny. <laughs> you know, I want to thank everybody. I really do. I, I appreciate all the networks that have our back uh, who constantly tweet about us. Uh, the local comic shop and, and the other comic shop, you know, our friends and Black Forest and Pop Culture. Um, other guys like my minions who are constantly tweeting about us and everybody else and all the other shows that just like have our back too. And my mom. And your mom. I mean, seriously, it's been a pleasure to be able to do this and so much fun. And I enjoy meeting everyone and, and getting to do more shows with everybody else as we go on. I, I can't wait for the next 100 episodes. I'm, I'm curious to see what we're going to do. What's going to happen? And, you know, I'm hoping as we go forward, we get bigger. Yeah. Uh, I'm anxious for Comic Palooza and what we have going on there. Next year is going to be pretty big for us. Yeah, I agree. We're really going to shake some stuff. And, I mean, <laughs> we'll see what happens, man. It could be crazy. I'm sure it will be. And uh, I got to say thanks to you, too, because I couldn't do the show without you, obviously. Well, of course. I am the. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, from the bottom of my heart, man, thank you for pulling me into this. Over many, 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 many years, a year ago, was it two years now almost? 20 months. 20, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you just want to bring up that tweeting again. Many moons have passed. <laughs> <laughs> 100. <laughs> no, man, I couldn't do this without you. I couldn't do this with anyone else. 
you know, I've gone and did my shovel my shit tour, and I had fun doing it with the people that I went on because I like those guys. But the charisma, the clicking, the everything is here with you. And without you, I wouldn't be who I am right now doing this show. So thanks, man. Uh, you know, Heather's not here with us today, but she brings out another special part of me, <laughs> which gets us banned. That's, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> so it, it's been great, man. I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm happy. Yeah, me too. So here's to another hundred. Fuck that. I quit. <laughs> I'm done. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I do want to remind everybody, please go out there and follow us on our social media. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Comical Podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, I am at Comical Podcast. I'm a Comical Podcast, too. And uh, that's pretty much it, guys. So you want to close us out? 100. 100. Bitches. <laughs> Keep laughing. Hopefully more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on laughing, bitches. 100. <laughs> <laughs>